Hello, welcome, welcome to episode 39 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast, a podcast that is over Warhammer, we are hoping for our own Christmas battle force, fingers crossed. <laughs> oh my God. I'm your host Matt, <laughs> and joining me as always, a guy so award winning, well, he's armies on parade royalty, it's Cameron, how you doing mate? <laughs> I'm doing alright, thank you. Um, if we were to have a Christmas battle force, which faction should it be? Mm. Like, so well, that what, what, fits us both. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's a good point, actually. I suppose it would be something... Well, well you could, right, you could argue a Zinch one, even though we're not mm. really into it. Mm. We, ha- we have this habit of predicting the future yeah, and the fate yeah, of Warhammer. True. So mm. that would be quite apt. Um, you could argue we could be a Primaris force because mm. we're sort of you know relatively new kids on the block so to speak you know some podcasts have been going for like 10 years and we're only a a couple of years in um and we've been sort of built in our indomitus crusade exactly yeah exactly um yeah there's a few options really um Mm. we you could it could be a nurgle one because you know Mm, we often one of us is slightly under the weather when we record yeah yeah one of us has to be yeah yeah um it could be slanesh one we both like slanesh Mm, and you know uh yeah i don't know we've got a few options really we've got a few Mm. options but we'll hash it out with uh gw we'll just send an email later with a nice big wink at the uh at the mm. end of it. <laughs> mm. Cool. Right. Here we are. Episode 39. I can't believe we're almost at 40. That's scary. Mm. Uh, that'd be quite apt, actually, next episode as well, because we yeah. are doing a 40k topic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's perfect. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, but before we get to 40, let's deal with 39. So in today's episode, as always, we'll talk about our hobby stuff, what we've been reading, buying, playing, etc. And then we'll get into the news, and there's quite a lot to get through in this particular yes. episode. It's been <laughs> creeping out of the Sylvaneth woodwork, so to speak. Mm. And for the main law topic, we are going to discuss... Well, actually, we're going to go back to the, the old world. We're going to discuss Sigvald the Magnificent and talk about his novel and probably him in general and mm. then we'll finish up with a short little discussion topic at the end where we're going to basically talk about some of our favorite 40k facts and what how obscure they are and all that mm. sort of stuff so all very exciting uh right okay so before we get into the hobby section we'll just a few little bits of admin etc so as of yesterday yesterday being the 26th of october obviously today being the 27th of october mm-hmm. uh, when we're recording this uh we did record our first little start well, episode of a little spin-off series called Warhammer Waffle, which is basically myself and Cameron waffling about Warhammer, clues in the title. <laughs> um, so mm. it's about, you know, it's about an hour long or so. It's just us talking about stuff that basically we don't fit into these main episodes. Um, as of this recording, um, I don't know if it will be out by then because I don't know when mm. we're going to put it out <laughs> if we're, in yeah. all honesty we'll so <laughs> exactly so if you when you're listening to this show it's either already out or it will be on the horizon so either way mm. look out for it and uh, nice bit of fun <laughs> uh what else we got right uh we've got a new logo i've, I've updated mm. our logo so i freshened it ph fresh <laughs> as the kids would say with uh, a slightly updated logo um doesn't change the podcast we're still doing nah. what we do but we just thought hey you know, let's. Uh, we've been doing this almost two years, like we said. 
let's uh, freshen it up. So you'll see a nice shiny new logo in mm-hmm. various areas like like Twitter and mm. the website, etc. So it's all really cool. Um, and talking all that sort of stuff, obviously, if you ever want to support the show, you ever want to see us on social media, uh, all the links will be down in the description as always. And um, And again, as always, you can join our Discord server, which is full of lovely gorgeous warhammer people and (laughs) it's always free to come along and join it and Mm -hmm. like we've said in pretty much every episode now is if you do come along and join us you can ask us a question and this is the question for this episode and this it comes from damon winters and uh, i've had the pleasure of meeting damon met him at warhammer world when we last played he he is the gentleman that beat my blades of corn with his iron jaws <laughs> quite convincingly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he basically says i've got a question for you guys what's your favorite black library novel and why oh. okay so we've said we've mm. said previously about authors but this is actually our favorite black library novel oh. so cameron what are you thinking oh god this is a really tough one because there are a ton that i absolutely adore um it doesn't help that, um, as people who listened to our last episode know, you and Dan were both bullying me about not reading the great work. Um, <laughs> I've read the great work. It's very high up there. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh. I'm, I'm going to say my current favorite, and this is off the top of my head, this is gut feeling, it was probably Black Pyramid uh, by Josh Reynolds, okay. which is the sequel yep. to Soul Wars. Uh, yep. It was... It was so uh, good. Play Garden, isn't it? Uh, it? Oh, yeah, Play Garden. One of the two. Yeah. It, it's yeah. sort of semi, right. sem, semi-sequel to Soul Wars as well. Okay. But, you know, okay. Yeah. It, it, it's it's the what happens next, basically, for yeah. the after the Necroquake. Um, yeah, no, it, it was really good. I loved how much it was focused on, like, Manfred as a character, like, not necessarily just a villain, but, like, as an overall rounded, well-developed character. Uh, the, uh, oh god, the, um, the only the faithful, the, uh, oh, I forgot the name of the storm host. Um, <laughs> oh, the, um, the hammers of sig, uh, ha- hammers of sigma. No, they're, they're not the hammers of sigma, are they? Um, oh, I know, I know <laughs> the silver ones. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hallowed Knights. Uh, Hallowed Knights. That's it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. God. Uh, it, it has been a while since I read it. Don't be mean. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Hallowed Knights continue to be great. They continue to have tons of great characters, and uh, it had some. It had some good of good stuff. Of hey, this is how messed up Nagash is. Uh, don't don't mess with Nagash. He will destroy you. And it had really good Beastmen and really good Slanesh stuff. And I think all those things all together, fantastic characters in every faction. Really interesting things to say about like the developing sort of atmosphere of Age of Sigma after the Necroquake. I think Necroquake, not Necrocake. Very different things. Um, <laughs> oh, that's tasty. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I, I think it really, really sold the transition to Age of Sigma 2.0 and sold the Necroquake and Nagash's machinations as a real solid big thing. Um, yeah, that's, that's the one that stuck with me the most of late. Uh, there are lots that are really like close up. There's like a nose ahead of like some of the Ravenna books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 
That's a fair show. I mean, it, it's so difficult, isn't it, to actually say what's mm. your favourite when there's so many great ones out there. Um, I and and I suppose sort of what you alluded to about the great work is it's so easy for another novel to come along and mm. to almost knock the top one <laughs> off. You know, it's because they don't they don't end, so it was no. nothing can always stay top for long. Um, if I had to say mine, I. I is it my favourite? Um, arguably, but I think it's one that I've always got a soft spot spot for now, and that's the devastation of Bal. Mm. I, I really, really like that novel. Um, I think for a few reasons. Um, obviously, it's by Guy Haley, who is a very yeah. great and consistent writer. Um, I've got no connection to the Blood Angels, but I just really <laughs> felt for them in it. Uh, mm. Felt for Dante. It's you know I think it's it's a great novel because it's sort of got a bit of everything. It's sort of got you know obviously cool action scenes. It's got you know the whole thing that's going on between all the different chapters that are connected to Sanguinius and you know the drama and when the, you know certain certain chapters like the flesh terrors and the you know and such mm. like to sort of turn up and you know the reaction that they get given. Um, you know the fact that you had like chapters devoted to the Tyranids, but you're sort of you're sort of reading it from you know, I suppose a third party perspective mm. and, you know, it's not, you know, it's not narrative, but, oh, sorry, no dialogue, but, yeah. you know, you still get a, a theme of what's going on. Um, I think as well, mm. and this is more, this is a completely personal thing. <laughs> I think because obviously we had a, well, it would have been last year, we had a, a sort of a, a semi hiatus when obviously my mm. daughter was born and obviously we had, you know, I had quite a few weeks in hospital for, for reasons. Um, it was the first episode we did that you know on return you know that was yeah, the, the main yeah. topic we covered so again that's always got a little soft spot for me because of you know it mm. sort of it got me back to a bit of normality because those sort of yeah. four or five weeks you know on a personal level i was a bit all over the place with uh, you know what was going on in my life so that's sort of why i think devastation of battle means a lot to me and i think also it's a nice one because it is it is connected to the current law as well. Mm. You know, it's current, you know, it's part of the current timeline, you know, and the, you know, the Dominus crusade and, and such like. So yeah, I think it's just a great all rounder again, it, whether it argues my favorite, it, I don't think I can pick a favorite, but that's the one that always comes to mind, you know, and it's one that I'm, I will always yeah. happily recommend to people. So mm. that's the thing as best as answer as I can give. Yeah, <laughs> in that regard. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, but no, it's you know there's so many great ones out there, and I think you know it is very hard to pick. But no, thank you very much, Damon. Thank you very much for your question, and I hope yeah. you like the answer on that. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, let's get stuck into the hobby section now. I will start mm. with obviously yourself, Cameron. Yeah. Now tell me, you know, I alluded mm. to at the start there about award winning. Um, yes. What you've been up to? Um, so people who were paying attention last, uh, last time, uh, would remember that I was, uh, conjecturing about the feasibility of, uh, building an armies on parade board in four and a half days, uh, which, uh, spoilers, I did, uh, as I, as I said, I would, I made it out of cardboard and spit, um, and, you know, a few other key components, but mostly those two things. Uh, and I was pretty happy with it. Honestly, you'll find photos of it up on our Twitter if you haven't been following us on Twitter. Um, and I am really, really happy with the end product considering the very small amount of time I was able to put into it and the very limited resources I had creating it. I'm super happy with how it looks, uh, especially with all the models on the board, obviously. Um, and I'm pretty happy with the results. Uh, so there ended up being five total entries in June Loves. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Armies on Parade, there was myself, uh, a wonderful Black Templars, uh, fully kit-bashed, converted on every single model uh, army on a nice big tile, and there was also a 30k Iron Hands force, uh, like Forge World vehicles, heavy armor detachment, again, painted beautifully, didn't technically have a board, but the black table everyone felt was very thematically appropriate. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so those were the three sort of 40k, 30k entries. And then we had just an insane, an insane uh, night haunt display board. It, it was like double layered. So there was like the top layer was a graveyard and underneath was like a cavern with all the chain rasps moving through it and stuff like that with LED lights and everything. That was absolutely intense and awesome. And there was a... Uh, a corn bloodbound uh called blades of corn i guess they're called now i never remember their yep. faction name um <laughs> yeah. with a couple of bloodthirsters a heaping of blood warriors all on a nice uh fairly small display board display board but it's like it was like a single piece of jarrah that had been cut and then turned into like a volcanic landscape which is pretty cool um so that that was the playing field uh i didn't come away with uh, a first second or third i was apparently just a couple points behind um the corn bloodbound in the overall category but that's fine because i did i did get three awards i got uh best scenic board for 40k uh which i was pretty happy with um i got best monsters and machines for 40k which i was very happy with because it was my knights going up against this host of incredible forge world vehicles effectively on that in that category <laughs> uh and i got best newcomer which i won by default because i was the only person who's this was the first time doing armies on parade. <laughs> um, so t- I, I, I won three awards. I would say I actually won two and I got mm-hmm. like the, you showed up good for you award. Um, but <laughs> I- I'm pretty happy with the overall results there. I got my little finalists pin thing, which I've now stuck on my backpack with all my like vigilist pins and the 500 store pin and stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, I was really, really happy with it. Um, I learned a decent amount building it as well, which is really nice. I've learned how to make fantastic, like, decayed concrete rubble, like barricades now, which is all you do is you get a piece of cardboard that you cut into, like, a rough shape, like, say, like a waist-high barrier shape, uh, and then you stick it down wherever you want to go, you prime it, and in the gap where the uh, you've cut the cardboard, because obviously cardboard is tends to be a bit hollow, um, yep. you just put astro-granite, on top of that and fill that gap and it looks like broken chipped off concrete and it looks it actually looks really really good uh i was really really happy with how that turned out uh so thanks to uh michael the local games workshop manager for tipping me off to that while he was helping me build the board um yeah and i i felt i was really happy with the narrative i managed to get across which is i think why i got best scenic board uh because you know i've got <laughs> i i took a few members of my imperial guard kill team i made back when kill team first came out uh and i clipped them off their bases painted them all up real pretty and by real pretty i mean contrast paints for nice bright strong colors uh yeah so yeah i've decided they've got like yellow uniforms with red flak armor uh, which stands out pretty nicely against all the slime and dirt on the board. Uh, so we've got like a couple of them making an actual calculated last stand behind a barrier. There's Grenades McGee about to jump into the middle of 10 <laughs> pox walkers. Uh, 
he's pretty great. Uh, and then we have uh, a guardsman I custom created for this board, which I call uh, Unfortunate Jim, because Unfortunate <laughs> Jim was crawling towards the Knight Desecrator with just a string of grenades uh, when he got stepped on by the war dog running past who didn't see him. Oh, no. And so... And so, uh, Unfortunate Jim's legs are back near where the War Dog's foot is, uh, and Unfortunate Jim is about 12 feet past that, still crawling doggedly <laughs> through some barbed wire to try and just plant these charges as one last hurrah. Um, and then I think the final touch I really liked was I went through all my, all my spare bit sprues. I was like, I need something more. Uh, and I found my old Plague Monk sprues that I got to build Death Guard cultists. Um, and I built all the cultists from that, obviously, uh, but there's a bunch of stuff on there, including a bunch of little, like, plague-ridden rats. So there are a couple of rats uh, harrying Unfortunate Jim as he tries to crawl to victory. Um, <laughs> and there is there is one rat chasing uh, another guy who's sort of just running towards the poxwalkers with his bayonet fixed. Uh, and finally, there is the spy rat, which is uh, sitting behind a tuft of grass. It has a bionic eye and it is watching the two guardsmen who are actually marshalling a proper defense. They've got, like, a grenade launcher and a plasma gun. They're ready to take on the poxwalkers and hold their position. Uh, but clearly, one of the knights is linked to all these rats all around, and it's using them to, you know, check up on possible resistance and stuff, which was really fun. Um, so that nice. was that was a ton of fun. I'm already thinking about next year. Um, my, I've got a pretty good idea, actually. I'm going to spill the beans now. I... All the Halloween stuff is currently on sale, and one of the things you can buy is, like, a skeleton in a shroud where if you press a button, like, the skull moves and it says something appropriately creepy in, like, a booming, harsh voice. Yeah. I kind of want to do, like, just a few Bone Reapers or a generic death with some Bone Reapers and Nighthorn board and then build that that Halloween decoration into like a giant Nagash at the back of the board, just floating above them with the arms out. And then you can press a button. He'll be like, go forth the undead minions or whatever the, the toy says. <laughs> um, so that, that's one of the things in the books. It's a possibility. It's only like 20 bucks to get that decoration. And I've, it'll be here for a few more days. So I'll have to think about that. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that, that's my current idea for next year, but we'll see where I actually end up. Um, cool. Now, I'm, I'm very proud of you, mate. Oh, thank you. I, I'm pretty proud well, of no, myself, good. honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm pleased. It's always nice when you know you, you you know you put a lot of effort into something and it comes off. You know, in the sense, mm. okay, yeah, you didn't win it, etc. But you know, it's nice to still get some accolades from it as yeah, well. Yeah. And 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 you've answered mm. my question because I was going to ask if you were doing it next year, and yes, you are. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was it was a blast, and I did it in a week. So clearly, if I do, if I spend more time actually doing it, I might do better. Um, I, I do have to give a shout out to uh, one of the members of our Discord, Cofton, um, who I realized I actually knew in real life after he joined the mm. Discord and started talking about stuff. Um, I used him and his son to get some extra votes. Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, do what you can, yeah, really, isn't it? <laughs> the, it's all, it, the grift. The grift is part of part of the hobby, clearly. Um, but uh, it, it's lovely whenever I run into him and his kid in the store there. Both great guys, and um, he's also doing some stellar painting with Nighthaunt right now, so I hope he keeps doing he that because yes. I want to see some more. Yeah. Um, mm. So in, in terms of other things I've done in the last two weeks, um, 
and I, I was talking to you this about this before that before we started recording it doesn't feel like two weeks it feels like much longer um yeah. <laughs> I've, I've done other stuff um so first off in terms of things i picked up i picked up the grim watch and i picked up the great work uh both on the same day because i Hooray. really wanted to get the grim watch and you guys made me really want to read the great work uh I yeah, read the great pressure. work. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I read the great work. It was really, really good. We will be talking about it in a few episodes' time. Not, not yes, next episode. Not the next. Not the next. But like the one after that. In a while. Um, but- <laughs> yeah, the the penults. Yeah, the mm. yeah. It'll be in three three episodes' three time. Episodes. I think the penultimate. Yeah, yeah, the penultimate one. It's in November. So no, mm. no, December. Yeah, yeah, like sort of early December time. Mm. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. I'll probably read it again before then to get all the little bits and bobs, but it's awesome. Yep. I love the expansion of Cole as, like, a proper character because I've never really read any specifically Cole stuff before. I just know the generic stuff about him from, like, this is what happened. This is what you missed out on when you dropped out of the hobby for 10 years. This guy came along. He had all these Marines. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it was a really good book. Looking forward to talking about it. Um I picked up and read Sigvold as well for today, obviously. Uh, uh, with the Grimwatch, I played a game with Erin, and uh, this got much closer. She was playing Skates Wild Hunt again. I was playing the Grimwatch, and I think I won that one 6-5 to five or something like that. So Ooh, close. They, uh, yeah, it was a much closer match than when she curb-stomped me last time, so I was pretty happy <laughs> with that. Um they are they are a ton of fun. Uh, they have a lot of score immediately objectives, which are really, really strong. And some of them are really weird and interesting. So they've got one like shifting madness. You can't predict what ghouls are actually thinking. If you hold an objective that's the same as the current round of the game, you get you get a glory point and you score this immediately. It's <laughs> like so it's turn one and objective one is in my in my uh in my zone, my first action. I step on objective one and immediately score an objective. <laughs> um (laughs) stuff like that yeah they they got lots of interesting things they can do as well uh their inspire mechanic is um if if at the end of a round there's one or less enemies in your territory everyone inspires uh which means against defensive warbands they're really really good because unless your enemy is pressing really deep into your territory and you can't push them out uh you are going to inspire and some of these guys are really good when they're inspired it's kind of (laughs) ridiculous um I also played another game of Underworlds, uh, this time against someone a little more experienced at the store. I was just hanging around chatting and someone wanted to play, so I took control of the store's copy of the Beastmen, uh, and they were playing the Goblins, uh, Zarbag's Gits. Uh, that yep. game was incredibly fun. Uh, a lot of it was watching the Fanatic just run around in a circle for like four activations before finally in the second last activation of the game, he killed the shaman and one of the other beast men in a single move. <laughs> uh, just watch, watching this goblin go nuts in a circle until he finally careens and knocks the shaman into a pit and then just slams this other guy into a wall and kills him. All this kind of great stuff. Um, and I, I ended up winning that eight to four i think in at the very end um i've got more experience with the beastmen now they are good they just require more finesse than some other warbands i think surprisingly enough uh you can't just use them like a blunt hammer despite the fact that that (laughs) seems that's what beastmen would be about um yeah 
yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of Warhammer Underworlds and its various warbands, I've started doing some painting there. So I've got uh, Grassrax Despoilers, the Beastmen. I have a number of base coats on them. None, not a single one of them is fully painted, but all of them are like I would say eighty percent done for base coats. I just had to do like some weapon hafts and decorations and stuff on most of them, uh, mm-hmm. and. It's pretty good. I'm going for what will eventually one day be a Slanesh Beast Band scheme. So I'm going for like purple cloth, gold accessories, uh, fairly ruddy, healthy looking skin, and nice brown, sleek fur. Lovely. Uh, so yeah, they're looking like they're having a good time. They're enjoying themselves. Um, <laughs> and then also just this afternoon, actually, I started at about 2 p.m. Uh, I painted up the Royal Butcher from the Grimwatch, which is the ghoul armed with twin meat hooks, because, of course, uh, <laughs> there's a ghoul armed with that. Why not? <laughs> yeah. um, and I, because, I, you know, I, I kind of want to get into, like, um, uh, I'll admit the truth. I saw Steven on our Discord showing off his fancy painted Grimwatch, and I got jealous, and I wanted to paint my Grimwatch. <laughs> 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 I was like, they, they are they are really nice models, and they deserve a good paint scheme. Um, so I went back to a paint scheme I have not thought about in months and months and months and months. Uh, there's a guy on YouTube called Pete the Wargamer. He's really great uh-huh. for painting tips. Uh, surprisingly, he doesn't do any gaming tutorials, just a bunch of painting stuff, despite the name. Um, <laughs> and when <laughs> when Contrast was about to come out, Games Workshop gave him essentially a weekend to experiment with it before the release. Uh, <laughs> and one of the things he did was he did the Ghoul Abhorrent Arch Regent from the, uh, the Skaven versus Ghouls box. He did that entirely in Contrast in a blister skin theme, and it was awesome. It looked so good. <laughs> And that that is sort of stuck in the back of my mind ever since. So what I have here is one really pale, uh, really angry, incredibly badly sunburned ghoul. Um, <laughs> uh, so the general idea of the paint scheme is it's a really pale, fleshy color. So you you thin down Gillum and flesh a lot and mm-hmm. just get it all over for a really delicate, uh, quite subtle skin tone. Uh, you reinforce it a bit by painting straight gillum and flesh directly into some of the recesses just to help them stand out a little more uh but then uh in his case he used blood angels red but i used flesh terrors red you essentially stip also do lots of little dots of a of a darker red contrast over the back and shoulders in like the back of the head where you want the sunburn to be and you do lots of little layers of that and because contrast is translucent you can see through it uh you can see all the layers under it and it gives that sort of illusion of depth um, and so I did that, and then as sort of like a final layer, I put a really, really thin layer of blood for the blood god just to help tie it together a little more, give it a bit of a shine, like it's cracked and raw. Uh, and I am, I am really, really happy with how this came out. Actually, mm. it's, I, I, I don't know how well the photos capture it, uh, but I, it's awesome in person. I don't want to pat myself <laughs> on the back too much, but like for the fact that it took me like an hour twenty minutes to paint one really detailed ghoul to be fair like these guys have piercings all over the place and everything that you got to watch yeah, out for yeah uh and i did it almost entirely with contrast as well i'm super super happy with how it turned out and uh i'm looking forward to painting the rest of the warband they're all primed just need to paint them now that i know how to do it um and god it 
raises uh i know we talked yesterday in warhammer waffles about uh temptation it raises that temptation again of oh i could just do <laughs> yeah. i could just do some ghouls i could just do some ghouls uh i already i already mm. I was going to say, then there's that, there's going to, there's the, the uh, 2000 points of feck that just appears yeah. all of a sudden. Like, yeah, well, exactly. I got a bit carried away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just happens, you know. Uh, I've already debated buying another patch, uh, another pack of Grimwatch just to convert up my characters from the Black Library submission because they're all really great <laughs> yeah. models for that. And I'm like, I could just use, I should just buy another pack of Grimwatch and use them for that. It'll be fine. Um, yeah. I, sh- I shouldn't. I, I might, though, because it'd be fun. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, so that's my painting. I've played some games. Oh, more painting still. Um, the competition miniature, the Funko Pop, is I'm I'm willing to say complete in terms of nice. like the actual pop itself. Uh, so that'll be heading out to our winner, Somber Mine, over all the way out in Belgium's uh, sometime yep. in the coming week. Uh, probably before this goes up, I'm going to send it either on Tuesday or Wednesday. It's probably going to go on Wednesday, to be honest, knowing me. Um, <laughs> I just have to, I've decided because it's a Warhammer Funko Pop, it is a Warhammer miniature and a Warhammer miniature must have a base. Uh, so it's sitting on a base instead of just freestanding like most Funko Pops. Um, so I just got to fit. Yeah. I just got to finish the base up and then he'll be packaged up, uh, all nice and safely. Hopefully, hopefully nice and safely. We'll see. Um, I did, (laughs) I I mean, I did pin his head back on, but I don't know if it'll survive the trip. So, uh, mine. If it arrives with the head having fallen off, I trust you to be able to pin it back in place um, (laughs) before you show it off to the event. Say, yeah, yeah, don't send it back to Australia. They'll they'll take it. They'll say it's full of drugs or something. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, that that was also fun. uh, Finishing up and thinking like what I think a Realm and Rune color scheme should be. Just. Just before you changed the blues we use in our logo, <laughs> I know. I thought you may say that. I was thinking because yeah. obviously the, the the color now is like a, a different blue that's slightly mm. got a slight purplish yeah. sort of tint to yeah. it as well. And so this um, is a yeah, mm. old school. This is like yeah. this is the, yeah. the old world realm and ruin. Yeah, before the great. <laughs> Before the great destruction, yeah, um, yeah our new yeah. Primaris logo. <laughs> We've got our logo's gone through the Rubicon. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know that that was satisfying, and I've been wanting to finish it for a while because I know Somber Mind's been waiting very patiently. Thank you. Uh, I've just it's been busy, and then I would just like I'll do armies on parade, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's done now. It'll be. I mean, knowing international shipping, you'll get it by December. That's all I can say for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that that was a lot of fun to do, and I'm happy I did it. I probably won't search up another blank Funko Pop for myself just because it was a bit of a slog, and I don't know what I would paint it. But I might entertain the idea of repainting one of the uh, the pre done ones at some point because okay. they're all really cool as well. Um, what else did I miss? Anything? Um, oh. Uh, <laughs> Probably should have mentioned this like a couple of shows ago, but uh, I finished The Heart of Winter, which was the Xanthi novella uh, yeah. for the elf from City of Secrets. Uh, it was really fun. It was nice. I like yeah. her as a character. She's great. Um, yeah. And I, I hope to see more of her in future. Uh, so, yeah, I finished that a couple of three, like three weeks ago or something, but I just forgot to mention it uh <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah uh but that's been my hobby for the last couple of weeks again it feels much longer 
<laughs> yeah, no, I can totally see where you're coming from. No, it's good. You've got a nice little mix mm. of uh, stuff that you've been working on. And I think yeah. it's actually the same for me looking at my sort mm. of list. Because like you said, I, I feel like these last two weeks of sort of, I feel like I've done nothing. Uh, and yet I feel like I have done quite a bit actually when I look mm. at it written down <laughs> to remind myself of what <laughs> I've been doing. And and for a week of that, I have been off. But then immediately yeah. I was away in a basically a log cabin with my family for, <laughs> for a week. So it's not been as, it's not like I've had a free week as such to yeah, uh, to yeah. work on stuff as lovely as that would be, <laughs> but <laughs> life doesn't let me do that. So, but uh, yeah, from a hobby perspective, um, while I was away, I took a box of normal custodies with me and I got them all built ready for when I play at Warhammer world with some, obviously some of the guys from our discord, etc. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, they're, they come along They're They're, they're a nice kit to build. Um, they're a bit fiddly mm-hmm. sometimes when you're trying to do their spears, for example, because they, uh, you know, when you're trying to align their arms and so it didn't mm. look all weird and wonky, I, you know, I did as best I yeah. could, but, uh, yeah, they're, no, they're lovely. I mean, custodies are just lovely models in general. Mm. And so, yeah, yeah, so I'm now, it's a funny one because really my my thousand points for that game is only 12 models and I've got eight <laughs> of them built oh, so wow. far. So I've got, so I've got four yeah. more to, uh, to do. Obviously I've got one jet bike and three of the Sagittarium guard to build, which is the mm. ones with the, uh, the forge world, uh, upgrade sort of heavy yeah. bolter type weapon. Um, I think my plan realistically, because we are literally a few, we- few weeks away from that. Um, and what I don't want to do is what I did with my blades of corn for the last time we played at Warhammer mm. World, which is where, you know, got it all built and then I sort of rushed painting it and didn't really finish it and blah, blah, blah. So I, what I'm thinking of doing, because, you know, rather than sort of setting this, goal where i'll get it all finished in a couple of weeks which probably is not going to happen is get the last last few built and then at least put you know put a primum and then put mm. put a spray of lead belcher on them which is what i was going to do yeah. and then i was going to go from there so i think as long as i got them all you know sprayed <laughs> i know it's not completed <laughs> but i feel like yeah at least there and then when i want to paint them properly I, i'll then give them the time they deserve as opposed to rushing them and then thinking oh, yeah that was a bit of a waste because that's how i feel about my blades of corn where i look at mm. them I'm thinking realistically i would strip them all again and start again which i can always always can mm. do there's nothing stopping me doing that but i don't want to sort of spoil my custodies by rushing that side of things but yeah. that's, that's my plan anyway but you know as long as i've got the force ready built then i can play <laughs> when mm. we turn up you know ultimately <laughs> we're not doing it as a, as, a, as a live stream so it really doesn't matter yeah. if i'm yeah. turning up with you know, with just primed models it won't you know be the end of the world because i think to be fair mm. we're probably all in the same boat of you know the sort of four or five of us that are going to be playing you know i mean unless something dramatically changes i think we'll be in very similar situations where i don't think everyone will be up to speed with all their painting which is which is fine. It's a casual game. So, you know, it doesn't mm. need to be any more than that. So yeah, I've yeah, got exactly. those uh, built. Um, right. So <clears throat> leading on to, from that, I sort of come to a bit of a decision the other day uh, when I was talking to my mate Martin at work and he was of a similar mindset as well as that. I think going forward, uh, I'm going to basically from a model and game perspective, go all in on AOS now in the yeah. sense that I think, after this game at Warhammer World next month, uh, this 40k game that we're playing, I'm probably going to shelve 40k in general. And I mean purely mm. models and buying. I don't obviously law books that will carry on as yeah. normal, but I think yeah. I'm just going to concentrate on AOS because I think the problem I find, and this is probably because of age and being busy, I I find that I can't, my 
rules knowledge and and you know what's good in the meta and blah 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 is i find my stretching myself over the two main games doesn't work for me you know i can mm. i whereas i think if i focus on one game i aos which i think i've got a bit more of affinity to when it comes to playing because uh, obviously i played it not long ago and back in the day when i was younger i used to play more fantasy than i did 40k even though I do love mm. 40k, in, you know, sometimes arguably more because of the law behind it. So I'm thinking that's what I'm going to do. And then that way I can just fully concentrate on what I want to do. Um, I mm. think I came to this sort of realization because of another, a couple of reasons. Um, one really good reason is that the, and this sort of ties into something else that the, if you're familiar with uh, a, a little sort of was a little business that's appearing called mini mag tray mini mag tray mm. is a guy very local to me literally in the uh, the city that i've just moved from and he uh basically does magnetic uh trays for you know for movement trays for obviously for gaming yeah. and he's he's getting very popular you know in you know he's on the tga community you know he's you know you're seeing mm. a bit like davis with his aos reminders uh, uh tool it's you know he's mini mag trays getting popular and, and quite rightly he was he was very kind enough to send me a little sample package of some of his magnetic trays a few magnets a few stickers so i um just want to give him a shout out to say thank you very much for sending those to me because mm. i will be using them in the future and um and through that he plays for one of the local a or plays in one of the local aos clubs which again mm. ties in quite nicely because it's not it's only down the road from me they play on a on a monday night which is pretty free for me so i think that's sort of leading to my you know why i'm going that direction also <laughs> another reason for that is which ties in slightly to what I bought um, recklessly. And this is something I said in our warm waffle <laughs> yeah, <laughs> recording yesterday is that I, me and Martin went halves on blood of the Phoenix uh, box yeah. set. And I, genuinely wish i didn't to be honest yeah. i think um it was like i said to you yesterday in the recording that there was something that i bought and i instantly regretted and that was it i admittedly because it's obviously a very you know it's a an ex- and it's an expensive obviously mm. box set and um because martin wanted the eldari craft world side i, I thought oh, i'll have the Drakari side i mean mm. i think that came about because when i first got back into the hobby i via this podcast i was very in at one point in time very set on doing jukari army but mm. uh, never bothered and i think oh you know i'll get it and then i'll have it and i suppose that situation's still the same as in i've got it you know i've got that half mm. of the box set um but you know when you're thinking ah, i really wish i hadn't bought it i really because there's a yeah. very high chance that i'm not gonna do anything with it realistically i suppose the good the good thing is i can always get rid of it later down the line you know it holds mm. its value uh, I don't know. I got the the Phoenix Rising book with it as well, and which I don't regret because I'm looking forward yeah. to reading that. But yeah, I sort of felt like, uh, yeah, this is not. This was a very needless purchase. But hey, you know, mm. that's what happens. Um, <laughs> but going on to not regretting purchases uh, is uh, yesterday, uh, and is what going to be my next project after you know this game with the custodies next month is I'm going to start Maggot King Maggot Kin of Nurgle. <laughs> Uh, for, yes. for AOS, um, because I, do, I, I think I was just browsing. I thought 
I, I really like the mortal side of that army. Um, I, mm. I like the demons well. They're lovely and, and, and repulsive and, and funny in their own ways, but I really like the mortal side. And mm. I just thought, yeah, you know, looking at it, they, they can be quite elite, you know, which is always good for me, you know, as in you don't need ridiculous amount of models. Yeah. And, you know, they're, yeah, they're just an awesome looking army and they're sort of middle ground at the moment because obviously they they were early AOS 2.0. And mm. obviously now as more books come out, they're slightly going down in the pecking order, but they, you know, they can still hold their own in their own way. Mm. And so yeah. yesterday when I popped into town, I bought a box of Blight Kings and I bought a Lord of Plagues. Um, I've already built the Lord of Plagues and I started on my first Blight King. Mm. I'll tell you what, um, have you, have you ever had the Blight King um, set uh, at all? <clears throat> Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually bought it for Plague Marine conversions way, way uh, back when. Yes, yeah, you did. This, this is like a yeah. year and a bit ago or something. I think. <laughs> well, that's um, like, knowing you, you are yeah. a Nurgle guy, I thought you must have done it at some point. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, well, you'll know. I am so impressed with this kit. I oh, think it's yeah. One of the nicest kits that I've ever had the experience mm. so far of using. What I mean by that is you've got minimal mold lines, and where they are is not awkward everything's nice and chunky you know you're not mm. sort of feeling like with some of the, some of the model kits which are lovely and intricate you feel like you know if you sneeze you're going to break it <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. so they all feel nice and chunky everything fits nicely you know everything like because mm. again in recent times with some of the kits i've been working on is you're building them and things don't fit as well as they you think they should this kit does and and they obviously all nice and repulsive you also got every character has got customizations. I mean, like even if you look mm. at the instructions, the Blight Lord, you know, the main, the first character you build can be a Blight King or a Blight Lord. Then the next one can be mm. an Icon Bearer or a Blight King, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, I just love it. I think it's such a lovely kit, and I can't wait. I'm literally can't wait. Like almost after this recording, I want to crack on with building, <laughs> and that's nice. I like yeah, that. I don't feel yeah. like it's a it's a chore to get through them. Mm, mm. And so yeah, I've got another box of them on the way as well. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah. yes, um, good. So yeah, that's that's my my mm. plan. So you know, I'm aiming for a thousand points, and then yeah. like I said, hopefully if I can start playing that local club with them as well yeah mm. all really good hey, so really really hey, happy with those listen listen here guess what there is there is a side to that box i don't think you found out yet but the best part of that box is it is like 60 percent spare bits once yes. you finish building the five guys <laughs> like it yeah. is ridiculous how much extra stuff you get in there don't throw that away keep it get yep. some get some slaves to darkness models get some marauders or some or some beast men or some chaos warriors and start slapping those bits on make some nurgle model <laughs> stuff it's gonna yeah. be so good <laughs> no I, I i can see that already and and the great thing is like what i'm what i'm gonna do is for this first kit i'm literally just gonna build it to the you know to the the default almost and then mm. the next kit mm. which is on in the way in, you know, on the way in the post at the moment, I will do the alternative. So I'll have a nice mix. Also, like you said, mm. I'm going to use some of the bits to do some of the other units. Like, for example, I want to do a hard harbinger of decay, uh, which is obviously Ooh, a very yeah. good uh, mortal buffing unit. But mm. obviously, the, unfortunately, the model at the moment is fine cast and it's a good, it's still actually a very good sculpt, but I want yeah. to avoid fine cast as mm. much as possible. <laughs> and effectively, it's a guy with a scythe on a horse ultimately yeah. that is all yeah. really it is um so that's my plan i'm gonna you know start i'll probably kit bash with what i've got i've got a spare horse um also i've ordered a 
Chaos Sorcerer Lord, you know, the sort of old yeah. fancy one, the plastic one with the one with the big sort of horns on mm. coming out of his head. Mm. Uh, so again, I will, using the bits from from the Blight Kings, I will Nurgle fire him, basically. Yes. <laughs> at the moment, oh. the normal one, he looks really, ki- looks really generic. So yeah. I can't yeah. wait. I really, I'm, really can't wait to start doing yeah. these bits. I'm so looking forward to seeing what you come out with with this because <laughs> first off, it's Nurgle stuff. I'm very proud of you. It took you a while, but you come into the fold. Yeah. Second off, yeah. you're doing the best possible Nurgle stuff. I love yeah. Plague Marines and 40k Nurgle stuff. I love Nurgle Demons, but mm-hmm. Nurgle Models is seriously where it's at for like just yeah. sheer model. It's so good. It is. <laughs> it really is. And I, I just, like I said, it was just, it, I suppose for me, it's, it's rewarding in the sense that, and you've said this before, that mm. the good thing is with Nurgle, you don't really, you can't really do much wrong in the sense yeah. that, you know, if you, yeah. you you slip with your your hobby knife, you paint something not as well, you know, where you want it to be, it doesn't matter. It's Nurgle. They all, they all, you know, they, they are falling apart. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day if something looks a bit out of place, et cetera, mm. et cetera. So that's why I can't wait. And, but no, I, I, like I said, I haven't felt this excited building a kit in a long time you know where it's like no this is just cool and what i know it's, it's saying simple things but and this is in contrast to the custodies i've built recently is again you've got pieces that are meant to be there and you've not got pieces for pieces sake what i mean by that is like i said with the custodies and i think i've mentioned this before where you know where you've got the the main talk you know the main sort of torso and body of the custodies but then you've got a random shin and foot piece mm. that you're thinking okay yeah. it's fine but it's another piece that you need to prep and and mm. do all the stuff with it and then glue it on where like i said with the blight king stuff everything feels you know mm. like its own proper piece and separate you know you don't feel like yeah. it's a chore yeah. to build them it's like no this is really cool and i love like i said the customization options with it so yeah mm. so i've got my a thousand points planned initially, uh, which is going to be three units of five Blight Kings, uh, mm-hmm. Harbinger of Decay. A uh, I'm going to get Gut Rot Spume when we go mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, Warhammer World next month because he is only direct only. The Lord of mm-hmm. Plagues technically isn't in my thousand points, but obviously a lot of the heroes can rotate with each yeah. other, so I got that's yeah. why I got him anyway. And then when it comes to a wizard option. Um, mm-hmm. one thing I'm thinking of doing, cause I've got one ready is to, cause I was, and I've been chatting on TGA about this is using the contorted epitome from Sinesh. Ooh, yeah. Cause the good thing about the contorted epitome is when it comes to, uh, to using it with Nurgle is it's 200 points. So it fits nicely mm-hmm. into the allies of a thousand yeah. points or obviously yeah. bigger. It's a wizard. It's a double casting, mm-hmm. double dispelling mm-hmm. wizard. Yep. It's got obviously it um it gets rid of more room mortal wounds on the two plus off itself. It rerolls mm-hmm. uh, I think it's its hits from memory, or yeah. rerolls ones, I yeah. should say. And also its spells are generic. There's nothing mm. head of knights mm. related. So it's actually a yeah. really powerful wizard mm. to bring in that's not necessarily and, Nurgle related. Yeah, and if you if you're bringing lots of Blight Kings who explode on sixes to hit and don't have I think they're only fours to hit, aren't they? The basic like I think from memory, yeah, yeah, because yeah. the uh, like you said, the contorted epitome's basic spell is pick D three enemy units within twenty four inches. Everything rerolls once to hit them. It's really good. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, it's it, mm. it works so well with them. I mean, that's a good thing because obviously, as you can tell, the Blight Kings are, will be the main part of the force. Mm. And it's great yeah. that you've got these lovely units like you, you got the Harbinger of Decay. You can create if you if you have three units plus add a Lord of Blights, you can then get mm. the I think it's the Blight Cyst Pedalion, yeah, which means they yeah. all get they get minus one rend on all Blight mm. Kings. Which yeah, makes them even more deadly. You know, it's crazy. you've got a lot of things. Yeah, they're just mm. cool units. I think that White yeah. Kings is yeah. one of my favorite AOS units, just as a whole. It's a great mm. kit. Mm. They're solid. They're good. At, you know, they're defensively good. Attacking, they're good. You can deep strike mm. them. We've got, got yeah. Rot Spume. <laughs> you can add, you know, you, you know, Lord, Lord of Blights, Lord of Plagues, Harbinger mm. of Decay. They all will buff in some sort of way. Yeah. yeah, you know that's cool. <laughs> that's a yeah. really cool are way you, um, to do things. Are you planning on just getting a standard epitome to fit in with other stuff you have, or are you going to build like a Nurgly epitome? And well, just use it. That's the thing. Right I, I mean, I know. You, I remember. You, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I know you built your own epitome back in the day, mm, and yeah. uh, it's funny actually because I come across it on Reddit again the other day actually because I was looking at epitomes <laughs> on the AOS subreddit, and mm. I was like, oh, wait a minute, I recognise that one. Oh, I recognise that username. That's Cameron. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think realistically I, I could be boring and just do the normal mm. one before you know for future use as opposed to making yeah. a nurgle one but yeah who knows who knows, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? i'll i'll <laughs> see on that that's that's later down the line but like i said i've got a chaos sorcerer lord anyway on mm. the, that's coming and like i said i'll kit bash him in some sort of way awesome so yeah. that is my nurgle stuff and i'm looking forward to it and as always i'm not going to be painting them green because i don't no, do good paint. i don't i'm not i like doing alternative colors so <laughs> i've got a few ideas in mind mm. uh right so yeah so you know hobby wise i've been you know been building stuff and uh, getting stuff going um i think what else uh, right let's go on to reading i have obviously read sigvald um mm. <laughs> i've listened to the great work for the second time because like you said it is damn good and and to be honest i'm probably going to listen to it a third time obviously before we cover it and obviously in december as well it's that damn good and like i said mm. i would say that now to anyone listening is knowing that we're going to be covering it in early december and because of the law implications if you're going to read it Try and read it before we cover it, because obviously yeah. then you don't yeah. have spoilers. <laughs> you don't want to spoil in this one. It's got some rad nonsense in it. I love it. <laughs> exactly. It's it's great. It's a great novel. Some of it may not mean anything to you. It depends on, obviously, how down you are with your 40k lore. But, yeah, I would definitely get on it. And like I said, it is on Audible at the moment. Uh, obviously, it's only in hardback or ebook at the moment. So, but, yeah, get on it. Uh, right, what else? I have also bought Requiem Infernal, which is that a uh, that uh, Sisters of Battle horror novel that came, or mm-hmm. horror-related novel that came out a while ago. Not started it yet. I, I'll be honest, I forgot I bought it, uh, in the mm-hmm. sense that I, <laughs> I went on Amazon and I just went mad and ordered, like, pre-ordered, like, f- five or six books mm-hmm. <laughs> from, mm-hmm. from Black Library, and that was one <laughs> of them. I was like, and it just turned up, like, oh, yeah, I forgot I ordered oh. that. So nice. I was like, I was like, oh, okay, that'll be something to uh, to get into. Um, what else? Um, uh, audiobook wise, I've also got Lost in the Damned, which is obviously the second Siege of Terror book. Uh, I've not started that yet, so I'll wait and see on that. I have mm. started Ghoul Slayer though, which is the mm. uh, the other uh, the other uh, Gotrek novel that obviously came out yeah. recently. Obviously, Realm Slayer sequel was out, and then Ghoul Slayer came out, which is written by Darius Hinks. 
and I'm a f- about, I don't know, an hour in and it's really good. I've, again, I, I haven't laughed this much for a while when actually <laughs> listening to some of the bits, mm. you know, because I mean, we love Black Library novels, but I don't often laugh at them because, you know, there's yeah. not many scenes that laugh, but this was like, has actually made me chuckle as I'm, which makes me look a bit mad because obviously I'm listening <laughs> to it at work and then I'm just chuckling yeah. to myself. And, uh, yeah, it's really, so far, like I said, an hour in, it is so far really, really good. And it's obviously continuing the story. So yeah, mm. that's something definitely to look out. Um, and lastly, when it comes to reading, um, I have I've had the pleasure of being given a copy of something a bit alternative. So there's a gentleman, uh, D.L. Summerbell, um, I think first name is Daniel from memory. And basically he is a gentleman that uh, partakes in the realms at war sort of narrative stuff uh, that you often see online. Often you, you see it on the TGA community, for example. So he's part of a group that does narrative uh, campaigns and off the back of mm. that he's written his own novel um to do with his army and done a few short stories as well um yeah so basically it's, uh, the best way to look at it, it's an unofficial in games workshop novel so mm. i mean he even stipulates that in the novel you know that it's obviously linked to uh to games workshop but not you know because obviously you know from a copyright and all that sort of stuff and i'm i've started reading the short stories that because basically the the book is about three short stories and then like a novella size mm. of the main one, basically. And I've read the first three stories, and so far they're really good. Um, I think he's done it to obviously, because obviously he enjoys uh, writing about obviously the, his narrative side of things, but also because it's something obviously he wants to get into his writing. Um, yeah. It's called Eernost, I think. It's E-B-R-Y-N-O-S-T, Eernost. Apologies mm-hmm. if that's not the <laughs> correct pronunciation of it. And yeah, I'm, you know, he, 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 as I said, he was kind enough to send it to me as, you know, to see what I thought of it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I haven't started the main novella yet. And then when I do, I will, you know, give him some feedback, try and do, you know, do a review of it as well. Um, yeah. So I said, big thanks to him for sending that. And yeah, it's nice to read something a bit alternative as well. Mm. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that's been me. Like I said, been building, been buying, mm-hmm. regretting buying stuff, <laughs> and not, and uh, but happy about buying some other bits. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing a bit of reading as well. So, right, okay, we'll wrap up the hobby section there. Um, and then when we return, guess what? There's a load of Warhammer news coming our way. Shock horror. <laughs> <laughs> Back soon. <laughs> right news time and like we said plenty of news to get through because it's been one of those been one of those sort of little periods since we last recorded mm. where it's coming out of the woodworks isn't it really it's, oh it's yeah been odd you know obviously we've had things like like spiel which had mm. quite a few reveals we've had some expected ones like obviously when we talk about bone reapers and such like we've had some very unexpected ones as well mm. and obviously some that are a bit contentious as well so <laughs> we'll get through those. So we'll start with 40k as always. Um, I mean, this is pretty standard uh, at the moment. So basically, since well, I think they're out now, um, basically the Imperial Fists and Salamanders stuff is mm-hmm. finally out. So yep. it's at Tor, Garadon, and Adrax, Earthtone. Have I, have I Ad- got those right? Adra- Adrax, Agatone. Agatone, Earthtone. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's his, that's his, uh, oh, that's his yeah. brother. His actual um, name is Agrax Earthshade. 
but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're out now. And, you know, to obviously mm-hmm. continue in this, obviously, uh, sort of Space Marines reboot going on. So obviously books, the characters are out. Um, and alongside those, the some of the uh, remaining other Primaris units, i.e. the the Impulsor, which is the mm-hmm. uh, the sort of Rhino, the sort of Primaris Rhino type vehicle. Yeah. The yeah. Infiltrators and Cursors as well are now out, which is the mm-hmm. uh, some of the ones that they, well, I think Infiltrators, they were in... Yes, they were. They were in Shadow Sphere, but obviously, yeah. but in Curses yeah. weren't. That's the, obviously the alternative build from for them as well. So that's mm. all out as expected. So that's all mm-hmm. pretty standard, um, yeah. right? Um, so <laughs> let's talk about Psychic Awakening. Well, Faith and Fire. Now we call it Faith and Fire because obviously, effectively, there was a trailer recently adhering mm. to this. So obviously, they if you have looked on the community site or looked on YouTube, they have basically put a like another trailer out, which is obviously highlighting what's obviously going to be the next Psychic Awakening book mm. slash scenario. Um, and Cameron, this had quite a few factions in it, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, Phoenix Rising had three. It had Eldari, Drukari, and Inari. There's like mm-hmm. fairly self-contained, fairly simple update, like... It was a decent enough update for the Drukari and Eldari. Like, they got their custom craft world slash cult or cabal or coven bonuses and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, we've got upgraded Janezar and Aspect Warriors for the Eldari. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But that that was, it was, I, I don't even want to call it three. I want to call it two and a half because the Inari stuff was just the Inari index updated to be in an actual book, not just a white dwarf. Um, yep. And uh, now it appears to be several dozen Space Marine chapters slash Chaos Space Marine Legions plus Sisters of Battle um, yep. <laughs> just showing up <laughs> in this one zone. Uh, I think this might actually be interesting because um, like, on, on, honestly, I'm kind of hoping this is where they start doing the update to Chaos Marine Legions like because Chaos Marines are in kind of a weird spot because they got the first ever 2.0 codex of any of the factions, and it was a fairly minor update. It didn't really change any of the Legion traits or anything. And then a few months later, Codex Space Marines 2.0 is out, and it's incredible and really different. Everything's changed, uh, mostly for the better. And feel this might be where they start working to correct that imbalance, because there were several uh, Chaos Marine Legions shown in the symbols. Um, I think yep. off the top of my head, it's Alpha Legion, Iron Warriors, probably a couple more. There were a lot of yeah, icons there. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think it was, it was quite a few. I think you had Empress Children, mm. World Eaters, Night Lords, I think were yeah. in there as well. Yeah. Uh, so my best guess is this will probably be like Legion rule and Legion trait updates for all of them. I'm, I'm hoping for like upgrade. Uh, I was talking about this yesterday. I'm really hoping that this kind of gives just an upgrade kit for the Chaos Space Marine kit in the same way that we've been getting upgrade kits for all the Primaris kits uh, for Loyalist Marines recently. Yeah. Because I would I would adore, like, you know, you buy a pack with a bunch of Iron Warriors, shoulder pads, some power shovels, that kind of thing, or, like, Night Lords with all the bat helmets and some flayed skins you can drape around your Marines and stuff like that. I think that would be a great way to, like, help bump interest in those legions as well i think like give them something yeah. cool you can do easily for modeling and stuff like that um and then sisters of battle i don't know what they'll give them in that that won't be in their codex uh, 
<laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see about that. And like loyalist marine chapters, I don't know what they're going to do with that either, unless it's like some more characters get primarist <laughs> just a couple yeah. months after. I mean, there's the, a good uh, chance. The codex. There's a good chance of that because I think obviously mm. they got to be a bit careful because they don't want to completely overwrite what's the, what they've just done mm. <laughs> in the last mm. sort of month or so. So yeah, they got to be a bit careful. And so, I mean, I'm presuming this is a, obviously an ideal way to bring Sisters of Battle into the current yeah. law. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously they are around anyway, but obviously to be part of a, a mm. big event of sorts. And yeah, I, I suppose, it, like I said, what they do with the Chaos Marines, it, it's going to—it's a bit tricky because, like I said, they, you know, we we've been dying for you know, like for some, for example, Emperor's Children to you mm. know, have a full, you know re-release and you know have their own thing and it's one of those where they could really do that and we'll be extremely happy about that or like i said it may just like i said just they get slightly updated rules yeah they may get an upgrade kit i mean which won't Mm. go down and miss you know will they do a noise marine kit for example um, yeah Yeah. to tie in with everything who knows um who knows i'm i think they will I, I'm I'm mm. I'm remaining hopeful. I think yeah. that the fact they they've they've picked out those particular traitor legions, i.e., like I said, Empress Children, uh, Night Lords, World Eaters, ones that mm. are loved by a lot of people, and yeah. you know, are often very much where I want to collect them and not have to do Black Legion. But then mm. the problem is, like for example, if you want to do Noise Marines. You know their kit is very, very much out of date, and you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's, you know, it's that situation we've been in many times where, you know, people probably hold off collecting stuff, but until you know the main mm. bulk of it, you know, is 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 updated. So yeah, we'll see. I I I, I, as I said I'm remaining hopeful because, like I said, I think if they don't, it could be a slight lost opportunity if they mm. uh, if they mm. sort of just go, oh yeah, we just updated a couple of rules, but you're still stuck with the old models and, yeah. and especially the amount of effort they put into updating chaos space Marines in general, who are looking great. Mm. And yeah, you know, it would just make a lot of sense. So yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll see, but it's, it's nice also as well is that, that they're, they're not hanging around. Obviously faith mm. and fury is on the horizon, you know, either, yeah. well, yeah. I swear it depends what, it depends what you believe about that, uh, leak spreadsheet we're going to talk about <laughs> <laughs> in a bit, but, uh, we'll move on from there. Cause obviously we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, let's talk about that spreadsheet soon. So, right. Let's uh, jump over to AOS and obviously we'll talk about, well, obviously the main two things now, obviously the bone reapers are on very much on the horizon now, obviously along mm. with the, heavily suspected ogre more tribes as well yes. um there was a, a yes. lot of happy people because obviously people <laughs> were rumoring a while ago that they were going to have a, a you know a joint box set and obviously some people were like nah that ain't gonna happen and it mm. is uh admittedly it's probably sold yeah. out everywhere <laughs> as mm. of now yeah it was gone in i think like 55 minutes down in Oz. <laughs> Which yeah, is it's, nonsense. So I know yeah. I know a lot of people who are rocking up at nine AM to the store next Saturday to try and grab a store copy. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's crazy really. I mean mm. so yeah, so what Cameron's alluding to is the, the Feast of Bones box set that's been uh that's well, it's been well, it's been up for pre order as of yesterday, mm. but like I said, pretty much everywhere is sold out of it now. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because obviously, you know, we've 
you know, in the past grumbled about like what's happened with like Carrion Empire and Loon Curse, mm-hmm. where these boxes mm-hmm. around for well, they're gone before you've even had a chance to pre-order it, which yeah, um, yeah. is a tricky one because obviously they uh, it's that balance, isn't it? They they obviously want it to sell well, but then at the same time they don't want a lot of them hanging around. But then mm. the, then you could counter argue that with are they going to have them hanging around? Because obviously if they if they go off their they're shelves not. so quickly, yeah. they're not going to be hanging around. So yeah. is it a, you know? And then we get into we get into conspiracy theories about sort of limited, you know, deliberately <laughs> limited stock. And I, we won't go down mm, that route because no, you know, no, we don't, we don't know. And I don't want, yeah. you know, we, I don't, we don't want to yeah. go down that because that can be quite negative no, as well. No. But you yeah. know, at the end of the day, it, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's a nice box set. And obviously if you wanted to get into the bone reapers, it looks great to do that. And obviously with the more mm. tribes as well, I, but you know, I ultimately a lot of this, especially from the bone reaper side, it's going to, it's going to come, uh, shortly anyway they've already said that obviously you yeah. have one unit that is uh obviously unique to that box set as of this moment mm-hmm. which uh i can't remember the name of it it What's is it uh vok mortian is the That's special the character one. for bone reapers yeah he's the guy uh yeah. wearing a coffin <laughs> yeah that's the one yeah yeah well. he's the he's the lad and he yeah i mean I mean, this is obviously a common theme. I, the only thing I would say, and I, cause I've been, I was actually saying this to a few of the guys recently is that, mm. you know, cause obviously from the AOS side, particularly they pretty much every box set has had one to two unique characters yeah. for it. Generally two, obviously one for each side. Um, I mm. have a sort of feeling that towards the end of the year or start next year, we'll, we'll start seeing the ones that are missing. Cause there's still quite a few that, yeah. that are missing. Yeah. Obviously the, the arch regent and arch revenant, uh, yeah. you've got the, the loon boss on a cave swig, mm-hmm. uh, squig. Yeah. Um, you've got there's Warlock also, Bombardier. yeah, he's missing yeah. too. Um, and you think, well, get him out. <laughs> yeah. I, I presume, I presume they're waiting for maybe a quiet week or so that, that would be an ideal mm, opportunity. Mm. What constitutes a, a quiet week at the moment? I don't know. Yeah, because that doesn't seem to be a thing. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> no, God, no, it doesn't exactly. exist anymore. They've opened that second factory and it's just, they're pouring the plastic of the world into it, apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so yeah, like I so said, we, we've seen a few more uh, Bone Reaper units, i.e. the Mortisan mm. Soul Mason, the Mortar. Uh, more tech crawler i yep. mean to be fair as of this recording now you can go on the aos uh, app and see the war scrolls mm. for these mm. units anyway so yeah i think to be fair yeah. sorry carol carol yeah uh that you can see them uh, they're they're coming um hey nagash is not as good as he used to be <laughs> um <laughs> put that out there uh he no longer knows every spell known by every death wizard on the board he can just cast a bunch more spells and he's got plus three to cast um mm. oh he's actually so, had an update is he i yeah, actually looked yeah. at that oh he, i didn't he realize and, that. He, and, he and archon have both lost the ability to learn extra spells from wizards around them and they've given oh. it up for being able to cast mystic shield and arcane bolt as much as they want so nagash for example oh. can cast an unbind eight spells per turn at his at <laughs> okay. his top bracket and he's going to be casting three unique spells and then he's going to be casting five arcane bolts or five mystic shields essentially as i think is what he's going to be going to be doing now okay um, fair enough <laughs> yeah well you know, i mean i mean they're still really good they're just not as ridiculous as they used to be um also i think mm-hmm. Arch- i think archon's what is it the uh hand of years or whatever it is that could auto kill a unit uh can no longer do that 
um, which yeah. is for the best. Probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Uh, I mean, I mean, we'll get. We won't dwell on the Bone Reapers too much because yeah. in a couple of episodes time, so not so next one, one mm. after, we're going to be going through the battle tome because mm-hmm. uh, obviously we're uh, in the lovely position like we were when we <laughs> covered the Deepkin. We're literally here in the hobby to talk yeah. about a brand new faction from, yes. from scratch, which is always really, really exciting. So mm. looking forward to that. And I think, have you, have you pre-ordered your battle tome yeah. ready? Yeah, <laughs> I'll be done. picking it up next Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> excellent yeah i've got mine coming too looking forward to that so yeah so like i said and obviously as you would imagine the extra gubbins is out mm-hmm. there or with or up for pre-order with them i.e the dice the war scroll yes. cards oh, uh, God. and obviously the bone tight nexus for the bone reapers which is going to mm. be their unique terrain piece which wouldn't Looks look awesome or wouldn't it wouldn't <laughs> but it wouldn't go amiss in a in a necron set yeah, up of sorts as well <laughs> it's, it mm. looks awesome um mm. yeah i think that's a really really nice terrain piece even yeah. if it wasn't for rules perspective this is one mm. of those pieces mm. which would look lovely on a board if you just wanted yeah. a generic you know piece uh and it would go in in 40k as well i genuinely believe mm. i know mm. you've got barrels and stuff which make it mm, look a bit AOSE, but uh, you know, I'm sure you with a bit of uh, bit of work, yeah. you could easily yeah. make this a uh, a 40k mm. train piece as well for your own pleasure. Mm. Yeah. Now listen, no one wants to hear about the bony boys though. Everyone's here for fat lads. <laughs> Ogre War Tribes is very cool. I'm very into it, and I very nearly bought into it, but I stopped myself. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they just seem—they just seem cool. Like they don't seem overpowered or crazy. They just seem like it's a nice book that melds everything together. I mean, they don't seem overpowered or crazy. I say, as I remember, I was watching some battle reports earlier today, and it's um, mm-hmm. if when you charge, you roll a number of dice equal to what you rolled for the charge, as long as you end with one inch of an enemy unit and sixes and mortal wounds. But if you've got eight or more models, or you're a monster, four ups are mortal wounds. So I did see. <laughs> A unit of eight Iron Guts charge into a Ghoul King on Terrorgeist and kill it by charging. So, because <laughs> they, they, they charged 11 inches, so they rolled 11 dice doing model wounds on four up. And it was nonsense. Um, but apart from that, they seem pretty balanced. Like, like they, yeah. seem, they seem flavorful. Like, um, yeah. butchers, butchers have a chance to choke to death while they're casting magic because they're, like, shoveling food into their mouth to cast. <laughs> and stuff like that so, so whenever you successfully cast you roll a dice on a one you take a mortal wound because you've got something stuck in your throat and stuff like that <laughs> they're just I love the one fun. I love the um, the, mm. the hungry one as well where like yeah, they're not within yeah. three inches of a model <laughs> they're hungry and if they're within three inches they're eating and it has different yeah. you know effects to what they do it and it's really good as well because it makes them mm. fast like they, they've actually got a thing in destruction because like yeah. blue spike gits have numbers Iron Jaws have, like, elite, heavy, super slow. Bone Splitters have, like, very fragile fast. And these are the strong, durable, fast troops. Because, like, your basic ogre is running eight inches uh, just because he's hungry. They're pretty pretty fast. (laughs) They're speedy guys. (laughs) They're coming to get you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think also what's good about it is the fact that they're now, you know, obviously like like we've seen with other other factions, they're bringing them together, and mm. also that I love the fact that none have been lost as part of this as yeah. well. So you know, yeah. they categorically came out and said no units have been culled as mm. part of this, which mm. obviously did wrangle people, obviously with cities yeah. of Sigma naturally, yeah. and yeah, and 
and also it, it it makes them solid in the sense that they've got their own battle tome mm. and obviously anything that's got a battle tome has a higher chance of not disappearing randomly you know yeah. in the future <laughs> you know it's, it's that sort of thing so no i i think mm. and it's it's great because it's it's now sort of tied them together they've still got some fantastic models they've you know they've switched names of a few you know nothing's mm. been lost they've now got yeah. you know, war scroll cards dice they've got the great more pot as their mm. train piece mm. which is really cool which is like a one-off heel basically yeah. or Except it's, um, it's not one off because if you kill people next to it you stuff them into the pot to refill it i presumed uh, that i i, yeah. I, I when, I, when awesome. I was talking about it the <laughs> other day i i because obviously when they they sort of basically showed parts of the rules off mm. there was no context for it obviously it was it starts off full you use it it becomes empty obviously yeah. we stip, you know we sort of predicted that you there must be a way of filling it back up but obviously mm. that wasn't mm. known when I was talking about it about yeah. three or four days ago. <laughs> yeah. But it's, so, yeah. It's really good. That makes it, yeah. <laughs> very thematic. And I love that. And I think that's what I'm really liking about the AOS stuff, particularly mm. when it comes to when they update them, is they are making them very thematic, which, yeah. I don't know, just makes it cooler. <laughs> it oh, just, yeah. You know, it makes you, makes you get into it more. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's obviously the new two, the new things on the horizon. So all that stuff comes out. Uh, well, it'll be out but next Saturday as of this yeah. uh, recording. So, happy days right okay let's move to the other section and there's quite a lot in the other section actually there's probably more than anything else mm. <laughs> right so we've got to talk about this leaked spreadsheet mm. which is really really doing the rounds online at the moment obviously some of the big youtubers have covered it it's on the forums yeah and, you know yeah. it's it's out there and uh do you do you know do we know where this come from particularly um, where it started not off the top of my head. I just saw it hanging around um, just a few <laughs> days ago. It showed up. It, I, it seems to be like a schedule sheet for like a business. Like, so, you know, Games Workshop will send these out and say, here's what's coming up just so you know what you can order from for your store and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, not 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 100% on exactly where this came from, no. Um, Somewhere in it Europe. Looks, yeah, <laughs> you're right. It does look like it's like it's like in like an infant like future infantry. Uh, yeah, sorry, inventory. Uh, yes, you know, not infantry. <laughs> well, it is future infantry as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's like it like you said, it's what the shop is going to be receiving potentially over the next you know few months and you know end of this year, start of next year. Um, mm. I mean, it's like anything. It's it could be an absolute load of nonsense. But one thing I would say though is that. It looks legitimate, and I don't mean just because it's in a spreadsheet. Mm. I mean the actual the things that are mentioned on there seem very plausible. Yeah. Like there's not, yeah. you know, not you know, there's not like some really crazy things. Oh, like look, there's Fulgrim and Angron in there. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not like you know really out there stuff. Or look, we've mm. done an Emperor model. It's yeah. it's actually everything in there is is seems very legitimate. You're thinking, yeah, I can I can see mm. that being a thing. There's things in there that are quite low key. Uh, like dark millennium playing mm. cards and yeah. things like that. you know things that were well you know that's that sounds plausible it's not anything you wouldn't mm. expect to see um i mean if you look at the some of the battle forces um that are rumored uh which looks very legitimate because i say by the look mm. at it, there's going to be six um six for 40k and four for aos now the yep. one thing that uh takes my uh fancy or i started looking at the day is mephiston is mentioned there mm. now 
<laughs> obviously <laughs> we know he's got a new book coming out so the, yeah, you know that yeah. that doesn't that could be to towards that but obviously if you look further down there's obviously then mm. talk of a third psychic awakening obviously we talked about faith and fury just a minute ago and mm. obviously you can see in there it mentions blood of Baal. Yeah, which, you know, which obviously is a, I, you know, a big suspicion as well. You know, of, mm. of what we we're talking mm. about when I was talking about devastation of Baal earlier in this episode. You know, tyrannies versus blood angels. You know, uh, Mephiston getting Rubiconed. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That's a very legitimate thing that could be happening. Mm. Yeah, like my my only issue with that is yes, Mephiston needs it, but they surely have to recognize that Dante needs an updated model as well because he's so. <laughs> He's so old and small and frail. I know. <laughs> I like know. the the idea that they would update Mephiston and not update Dante is really weird to me. <laughs> like, I, I, unless they're going to kill him off. Unless I mean, they, they could. Off. They could. Maybe that could be a thing. No, do it. Don't ever rule it out. Like I mean, we've spoken I, about it before. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a fan personally of Stevens' uh, theory that they're going to kill Dante and the Sanguinor will merge with him to form a big Primark level Sanguinor Sanguinius Dante trio combo thing because that sounds <laughs> awesome and it makes yeah. it, it's a way to get a Primark quote unquote uh com- coming in to make psychic awakening feel like important and also Sanguinius yeah. was very psychic uh just putting that out there <laughs> yeah mm. I mean it, I mean like I said going back to it everything is seems very legitimate you've got mm. start collecting chaos space marines start collecting yeah. primaris you know again that's been on the cards for a while particularly chaos space mm. marines obviously start collecting because you know that obviously needs updating to the newer models for example <laughs> mm. um obviously all the the four aos uh battle forces for christmas have all got names because obviously you've got stormcast yeah. nighthawk gloom spite and skaven with their, I say, mm. with their relevant names which again yeah. all look very plausible and it's so one ne- for each grand alliance which is how they do it so yeah exactly yeah. um yeah that's uh again all i mean another thing obviously that is of high importance in there which i was actually saying with talking about <laughs> with martin the other day is obviously uh, you know i said to him we're still due a chaos battle tome before the end mm. of the year if we're going along yeah. with their promise back at warhammer fest we're still due a chaos one technically mm. and mm. obviously you can see it mentions start uh the battle tome for, to uh slaves to darkness along with their yes. war scroll cards and obviously start collecting yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's again, I, I think almost a dead set. We, you know, mm. really, we mm. should be seeing that battle time in December, I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, makes you know, sense. Before the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> we'll oh, see, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we, I mean, like I said, this could be an absolute load of nonsense, but I genuinely don't <laughs> think it is because it actually yeah. seems very legitimate in all the things that I spoke about because often you know we know that like I said Necromunda Dark Uprising which we'll talk mm. about in a second that's <laughs> on there as well with the Book of Ruin you've got you know a lot of the Blood Bowl stuff which again some of the uh, some of the Middle Earth stuff there again it all looks yep these are things that are either we should be hearing about soon or have been spoke about previously uh, the mm. War Cry Tome of Champions we know that book was revealed recently there's mm. talk of a Blackstone Fortress Annual which again so that's what they do mm. with a lot of their specialist games they you know put all the you know certain bits of from White Dwarf etc put them together yeah. make it some yeah. book so yeah that's- there was um what was it? there's something on there that says White Dwarf Apocrypha which yeah. I think might be something along those lines but for everything as a whole like they won't put 
all the 40k indexes into chapter approved. They won't put all the AOS uh, indexes into um, the general's handbook next year. Mm-hmm. I think they might just say, hey, here's a softback book. It's like, I don't know, like 10 quid or something. It's got every mm-hmm. it's got every bit of rules that's not specialist games from White Dwarf for the last year. Yeah, and, I, again, I, they, mm. they need to be doing that sort of stuff. And I, yeah. I think you're right. I think that sounds like it could be that. Like I said, getting all the AOS rules, all the 40K rules, and yeah, pop them together. So, mm. or yeah, no, I think that sounds very legitimate, actually. And yeah, I mean, it, and it, but also, this is all stuff, if you look at it legitimately, this looks like mm. it's all stuff that will be out before the end of the year as well. Yeah, because yeah, this is up through December. <laughs> exactly, you know, because if, if you think that, like I said, the good chunk of it at the start is obviously the Bone Reaper stuff, which we know about, then, mm. like I said, so there's the obviously the Necromunda stuff there, there's obviously some of the Underworld stuff, like you can see like Champions of Dreadfane, so obviously suggesting mm-hmm. they're going to release the Dreadfane uh, war bands that are only applicable in that yeah. at the moment. And then, like I said, you know, whatever the Psychic Awakening 2 and 3 are, uh, the Battle Forces, we know they'll be out before Christmas because that's mm-hmm. obviously what, why they're released for, you know, people to mm-hmm. buy for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then we know, like I said, you know, Slaves of Darkness really should be out before the end of year if they're, like I said, they're sticking to their, you know, one, at least one battle tone mm-hmm. from each Grand Alliance before the end yeah. of the year promise that they made um yeah i i think and it just highlights when you look at it, you think oh my god <laughs> how much is there still <laughs> to uh to come out and and obviously if you don't i don't think even the sister is the sister of battle mentioned in there as well um, um I, I can't remember but i don't think they are. oh yeah they are launch set yeah, yeah, yes yeah. it is yeah. mentioned there says so that as well i mean it's funny actually because <laughs> at work me and martin were actually trying to predict what would be out each week you know before before even before we really saw the extended spreadsheet that's because obviously it started off as one screenshot and then there's, there's now about three or four now as more more leaks have, uh, have mm. appeared it it I'm, i feel sorry for our wallets i really do yeah <laughs> i'm, tr- I'm trying to save and i'm like uh, i'm gonna do my best to avoid buying all of these and by which i mean <laughs> i will buy precisely the the shades by stuff um <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fine uh, I mean, yeah that's one chunk of a bigger one you know ultimately yeah. i think your bank balance would appreciate it was just that as opposed yeah. to all the other lovely I'm, I'm bits of tr- temptation out there <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna try to keep it to that but we'll see how <laughs> we'll see how far i fall um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one's judging don't worry <laughs> thank you good <laughs> <laughs> cool right let's move on from that and actually talk about some some of the things that were mentioned in that and also revealed at uh spiel so mm. uh obviously we did have a trailer for i said the next uh update to necromunda and it turns out to be its own box set as well it's actually own yeah. it's like, almost like a reboot of the of the uh the current box set because obviously you know that's been out obviously a few years now that's one that started with the house uh escher and goliath gangs uh mm. i i presume that obviously this is going to be something they're going to continue doing like they've done obviously with uh, kill team as well, where that obviously the starter set got an update. So yeah. So dark yeah. uprising looks really cool. It's basically the, the Palanite enforcers and, uh, the new, what's it, what they called again? <laughs> the, uh, the corpse grinder cult. That's the ones. Yeah. <laughs> My mind went blank. So yeah, that looks really cool. And uh, oh, what yeah. does look encouraging as well is like in, in regards to the Palanite enforcers, it's different models as well. Mm. It's mm. not just the, cause obviously their box set came out fairly recently and you know, you actually got 
you know new uh, new units and uh, new kits coming out for them as well. And mm. I think I was yeah, I think Martin told me the other day that uh, Andy Hoare, who's to do with the Net Commander side of things, I think he's basically either confirmed or suggested that most of the gangs are almost going to get a two point you know, release Ooh, in the sense they yeah. get an updated kit, which still obviously doesn't oh, detract awesome. from the original one, but like an yeah. updated kit to give you some of the options that you may be missing. Because obviously the slight slag with the current gangs is that obviously you don't have all the weapon options and all the, mm. you know, unit options that you would you may want. And obviously, therefore, you have to kit bash or convert, whereas obviously mm. this will give you more options. So I think that's really exciting, particularly for Necromunda, because obviously, because it is a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a you know a cult hit, uh, <laughs> no pun intended. And it, ultimately, I I love the fact they're still supporting it. I think it's great. Oh great yeah, news. it's good. Like Necromunda is where Mordheim lives on in the forty first millennium, and <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. glad it is so well supported. It's really yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And obviously, mm. they're releasing the the Book of Ruin as well, which will be the, the you know obviously the book to mm. go along with it. Yeah. So that looks very exciting. I think that's sort of November into December mm. time. So it's definitely out mm. before the end of the year. Uh, regardless of that spreadsheet, I think they even confirmed on the trailer. <laughs> I think it said November, I think. Mm. So not we'll long see. to wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next is uh, Blood Bowl. So they have shown off the, the Fire Mountain Gut Busters, which yes. is great name <laughs> and uh and shown off the uh almanac 2019 which like i said in regards to uh where they basically you know take the the bits from other books and from white dwarf etc and you know basically throw them together mm. yeah. for uh new ways of playing and you know updates so again like with necromunda blood bowl is still getting really supported i mm. i think i i'll be shocked if we don't see an, a new starter set in the next year or so yeah. as well because yeah. i think it's 2016 is the last starter kit and mm. it's still relevant but i would be shocked if they don't reboot it with another you know sort of a new starter set but yeah yeah it makes sense we'll see um Going on to Warcry, we've got the, mm-hmm. the Spire Tyrants now are finally yep. shown off, and I yep. think they look great. I'm really, there, I think they look <laughs> lovely. <laughs> there, are, there are three models that matter in that box. There is Woody Harrelson. Um, <laughs> yeah. There is the very cool lady who is like second from the right in the five shot. Um, I forget who exactly is, but she's got an awesome head. The faces on these guys in general, really nice. Uh, but the most important member of that box is Goatman with a big stick. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> uh, the having having a having I, I'm going to guess it's like a Bestigor as a heavy hitter in the warband is so cool. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it and looks al- and great. And also the new Chaos mm. Dwarf as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Chaos Dwarf also matters. I'm sorry, I forgot. He was so short. <laughs> I could not see him. <laughs> uh, nah, they, they all look really good sculpts, actually. Mm. And I know, obviously, some people may be turned off by them because they're sort of generic, so, sort of warband. You know, they're sort of mm. generic chaos. They haven't got the, as much of a theme as the other warbands in Warcry. Yeah. Whereas, but then that's what these are, what, uh, these are what they're supposed to be. These are almost the best yeah. of the best from memory. Yeah. Um, these they are, are the ones that literally generic chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it ties in nicely with obviously, you know, if they if slaves to darkness is going to be the, the next battle tome after obviously the, the two that are coming out next week. So mm. yeah, I, I, I think if this is the way that slaves to darkness are going to look, cause again, we don't know, 
what yeah. that may be, uh, they're looking good. They look really, mm. really good. And I think yeah. we've got a lot of kit bashing and conversion opportunities oh, with, with this box as well. Like, it's, honestly, uh, very cool. e- e- even if there's no, like, actually new kits specifically for Slaves to Darkness, the Warcry range is so good for making, like, Marauders and Chaos Warriors and other, other yeah. generic Chaos units. It's going to be fine. It's going to be good. Yeah. People are going yeah. to do great stuff with them. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's all very exciting. And so, I imagine, again, we'll be seeing those probably in the next month or so. Mm. Uh, right. Okay. Let's talk books. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's a few books that have been mentioned in recent times. But one thing I thought uh, we can't forget, because I know that they they show they show this in november is the next series of novellas which yes. I mean, you and i loved mm. series one there's a really good <laughs> range of books in that uh very economic in the sense that you can buy mm. the whole all 10 of them at a really good price yeah and yeah se- season two looks really good and i mean it's mm. good for us because no doubt we'll cover some <laughs> of them on the yep, show absolutely <laughs> uh, and yeah, they'll be, like I said, they're going to be out in November. So I presume it's the same sort of numbers, I think, because it was 10 in the first yeah, one, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's another I think 10. It's about the same. Yeah. I think the split might be a little different, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as well is that it, hopefully they'll do similar to what they did last time, which is from memory, Black Library would basically do the set for, well, I think basically you get one of them for free. So mm, over here in the UK, mm. they're £3 each, so therefore 10 of them is £30, yeah. pounds, whereas yeah. I think they did it for like 27 or something. And Yeah, okay. yeah so, that's pretty good. So just as a heads up, don't forget that, you know, or, mm. or if your local store, maybe do it at a discount. So yeah, they're definitely, if they're, yeah. if they're as good as the first round, which I'm sure they will be, uh, definitely check them out because they'll, yeah. they'll be solid. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Um, shall we talk about flying dreadnoughts? Yeah. That's always um, a, a good topic. <laughs> hey, um, so this is actually where the Dante re-releases are uh, coming in. This is sneak- sneakily, <laughs> yeah. I'm confirming this now. Fortral doesn't want you to know, but this is actually the new Dante model. Uh, they just put him in a contemptor and strapped a jetpack <laughs> to him. <laughs> okay, I remember how excited we both were when this was revealed because yeah. we were pretty, we were pretty into it. And now it's real, and it's here, and it's painted, and it looks so good. Oh my god, it's yeah, beautiful! It is. Oh man, it is. I was, I was, I was saying the other day that it's a, it's a shame it is a Blood Angels one in the sense it would be. Mm. I, I wish they had done a generic one because it would be just lovely <laughs> to have. You know, if you, mm. you know, didn't because obviously you're tied to no Blood Angels, uh, yeah. In this sense, whereas it'd be nice for it if it was like a generic unit for all Marines. Mm. But regardless, it is such a gorgeous model, and yeah. like we said, probably at the back of the time, it's very forty k. Even though I know this is thirty k <laughs> technically because this is heresy, but mm. uh, yeah, you know, a flying dreadnought with a jump pack and lightning yeah. claws. You know, it's. Yeah. It's, it's so badass, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the things dreams are made of. Mm, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's nice to see that it's finally come out. Because again, I think it's one of these sort of units that you know, because obviously now they're sort of drip feeding some of the the reveals that we've seen earlier in the year now, aren't they? Because I think mm. I think this was again around Warhammer Fest, which would be a sort of you yeah. know that was around May time. So. You know, I forgot it was still a thing until, the, yeah. uh, until I got the email about it. <laughs> oh, dear. Mm. So, happy days. Uh, indeed, and indeed. then we'll we'll just wrap up the last couple, which is mm-hmm. um, sort of other, obviously some of the other games. So, for Middle Earth, there's more profile cards, more sleeves. Um, mm-hmm. And also, 
they're showing off a load of returning models to the range, which Ooh. is really exciting as well. Nice. Um, I think that ties in nicely with you know with what they're doing in the, probably their new factory because obviously because there's a, mm. the rumor the new factories kicking in and obviously helping with the production of all these many 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 models that we're <laughs> <laughs> we're seeing. Uh, they're yeah they're they're sort of basically re-releasing some of the models that have sort of disappeared, which again is mm. great for people that are yeah. into Middle Earth. So. Oh, that's really exciting. Um, Fantastic. Also, oh, I was going to say also, it's nice that they're doing sort of, when I say crossovers, like obviously the profile cards mm. are very similar to the War Scroll cards of AOS. I like the fact that this now is becoming a thing for the other games as well. It's not just yeah. AOS. And it, I like the fact that they're realizing that something works for one of their games and they introduce it into the other, which mm. you know, makes sense, mm. you know, yeah. learn off each other. So I think that's always. <laughs> <laughs> really encouraging. Uh, and so the last couple of bits is for Adeptus Titanicus. There's the uh, some new upgrade kits and terrain, which I think mm-hmm. are resin terrain, I yeah. believe, as well. Yeah, um, I believe so. Which is cool. And then for Aeronautica Imperialis, you've got the Evi Bombers for the Orcs, which are <laughs> coming out as well. So, again, mm-hmm. if you're into those sort of games, again, they're still, get, they're still being supported with new models, yeah. which is great, especially in... Titanicus's case, um, which I still think is quite popular, mm. actually. Consider it's quite, you yeah. know, a niche, yeah, a niche thing. I mean, so that's there's, very there's encouraging. The, the one guy at my local store who he fucking loves Titanicus. Uh, all he <laughs> seems to do, all he seems to do, is paint Warlord Titans. Um, and there's there's actually a player base at our store. Uh, when I left yesterday, he was there running three Warlord Titans against just a raft of Warhounds. Which was amazing looking, actually. It looks really <laughs> good, good, except except they only had uh, the forty k terrain, so they were fighting next to us, next to like a defense tower, three times the height of a warlord, which seems a little odd. Uh, <laughs> but you know, apart from, apart from the terrain, yeah. very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And like we said before, it's a game that 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 has quite a relatively low ceiling. That mm. in the sense that. Because again, I remember speaking to Andy Hoare about this, and he sort of said that you know, ultimately, yeah, you need to buy this, that, and the other. But once you've bought most of the things you've got, you're then mm. ready to play. There's no, it's not like 40k and AOS where there is no real upper limit. You know, you can just keep yeah. buying and buying, and then buying loads more armies and such. Like you, you know, it, you know, once you've got your your you know your you know a few of your titans and a, you know a few knights, etc then you're pretty mm. much ready to go, you know, and then yeah. and you could play like that for the for the next year if you wanted to. There's no <laughs> nothing stopping that. So mm. again, it's very good that they've sort of done it in that way. Um right, okay. I think that's all the news. Like I said, there was a lot to <laughs> to get through with all these stuff. Mm. And like I said, we sort of now got a heads up to what we may be talking about between now and the rest of the year, <laughs> if that uh, leaked spreadsheet yep. is yep. Uh, correct. So oh, but, I should do. Uh, I should build a bingo card and see how long it takes <laughs> us to fill it out. That's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Right. Okay. Well, I think we'll take our next break uh, before mm-hmm. I collapse because I'm yeah. struggling. <laughs> but I'm getting through <laughs> it. Don't worry. Nurgle's not going to beat me. Uh, mm, and so, good. Well, so we'll have our break. Uh, and when we return, we're going to talk about Sigfowl the Magnificent. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Back soon. Right. We're back, and we're back to take a journey back to the old world, the world that was again. I think it's always nice to, you know, always go back to those times, you know, where mm. see where we come from. Mm. You know, I know, obviously, it was a little while ago that we covered 
Archeon and yeah. obviously what he got up to. Obviously, this you know he's a bit more relevant in some ways because obviously he's still around in mm. the uh, in the mortal realms, whereas uh, <laughs> Sigfald that we're about to talk about isn't. <laughs> mm. But yes. uh, nevertheless, it's always nice to know about some of these characters. I think it's, I think for us as well is obviously when we're talking about AOS, talking about 40k. I think sometimes it's always nicer. I said to go back and mm. talk about why I'm a fantasy here and there. You know, just. Yeah, you know, don't so we don't forget it. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, Sigvald the Magnificent is a uh, an interesting choice as well. Um, mm. Obviously, I, I wanted to talk about him because I think he's he just makes me laugh uh, yeah. in his own way. <laughs> and, uh, and obviously, I know he has some meaning to you, Cameron. Obviously, you mm. own him as a model. I own him. Have, I yeah. own the original metal Sigvald. Thank yeah. God, no fine yeah. cast before he got disappeared <laughs> into the ether. Um, <laughs> yeah, and look, I gotta say, if you play Slanesh in Age of Sigma and you can find one of those old Sigvald minis, get one. They're really great for a Chaos yeah. Lord. They're awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what that's what it used to be, really, didn't he? In mm. the sense that because he was around until the Head of Knights officially got released in yeah, you know, this yeah. year, and then like the night before disappeared. he disappeared mysteriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They obviously realised uh, mm, he's not really relevant anymore. Let's get uh, rid of him. So I, nah, look, you know, I know, I know he's still kicking around somewhere. Like this isn't technically related <laughs> to the novel, but there's a bit of lore that keeps cropping up. Games Workshop keeps bringing it up, so I know they're doing something with it. Which is in Shadespire, there was an incredibly vain and cruel spirit trapped in a mirror until until it antagonised the Slanesh warlord so badly that he broke the mirror and let it out. And I know, <laughs> I know in my heart of hearts that somehow Sigvold made it. <laughs> He's out <laughs> yeah. there somewhere. Like, it, it was yeah. even in this month's White Dwarf, they had the um 40 random things you didn't know about Age of Sigma, and one of them was mm. that that paragraph. I'm like, you keep mentioning this, give it to me. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sigvold's a funny one because, I mean, I don't, obviously we'll... But we'll start with saying spoiler warning because obviously mm. we're about we will be talking about his novel and him as general. But obviously, uh, you know, if I'm being brutally honest, there's probably a chance you probably may never read this book because mm. uh, I think you can only get it as the the ebook now. And obviously, yeah. I was lucky to get the paperback off eBay, but that's about as far mm. as it goes. So you know, as I said, because it's an older book, you may not ever read it, so you probably don't mm. worry about the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we'll put it out there anyway. Um, mm. So before we talk about the book in general, so what from, you know, are you able to sort of tell us what, what you know about Sigvald, you know, in general? Before, so not just the, the in book. general. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Sigvald was a very important Slaneshi Chaos Lord in the old world. Uh, he was important mm-hmm. because he was the prettiest. Um, literally, he was like 300 years old. He was so beautiful. People would swoon at the sight of him in the middle of battle. Um and he was an incredible <laughs> narcissist. Everything's about Sigvold, uh, to the point where his personal bodyguard have shields to guard him, obviously. Uh, but those shields turn inwards towards him because each shield is a mirror. Uh, so yep. he can watch himself <laughs> instead of looking at other people while he's fighting. He doesn't want to look at anyone else. Um, and, uh, he, he got it real bad when the old world went down. Um, he got hit in the back of the head by uh, Throg, the Chaos King Troll, Chaos Troll King, uh, and I believe his corpse was urinated on, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. I mean, yeah. I, I think from memory he was he was fighting Krell, the uh, the mm. White King. I think at the time. Yes, I think for I think he 
he was getting the upper hand mm. and it would like sort of it would just laid him low at that point and then yeah, yeah he got sort of uh, literally uh, swatted Squished. from behind yeah. <laughs> yeah. from behind <laughs> And uh, sort of beaten into a pulp, and then, like I said, probably pissed on at that point, which is uh, yeah, quite a funny ending for Sigvald, yeah. quite appropriate in some some ways. But, I mean, uh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, mm. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm surprised. Like I said, they've not brought him forward officially to AOS because, mm. like I said, I know obviously in his current thing he probably wouldn't fit, but then they could make him something. You could make him almost like into some avatar of sorts, yeah. really. Make him, a, um, make him a demon prince. He earned it. Yeah, yeah. It was exactly. offered or, at one point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or um, I think it'd be quite appropriate as like a statue, like some sort of walking statue. That would be, mm. again, as we see in the book, there's yes. literally many, many statues of him and mm. all yeah. looking beautiful. Oh, so. That'd be so cool. <laughs> Just like a reverse exactly. avatar of Kane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that sort of thing. I think that'd be really cool. Mm. Uh, right, so yeah, so that's basically Sigvald in a nutshell. You know, in the old world, he, you know, mm. basically, uh, he was a, like I said, a very narcissistic uh, chaos lord. He originally comes from from memory, and obviously ties in with the novel that he was originally from the Norsecan tribes, and mm. was he was a bit of a he stood out a bit, and mm. and mm. I, mu- I must admit actually, what I know, I know this sounds a bit of a weird uh, sort of link but like for example i've been watching a lot of berserk recently um mm. which people listening may on may or may not know what berserk is which is a, a japanese manga anime and yeah. he reminds me of griffith in in lots yeah. of ways and yeah. both in the way he looks and obviously the way that people deal with him obviously he's a lot more corrupt and in, in, in more narcissistic mm. in, in his own way but yeah he effectively he stood out to his tribe um, which we do get hints about in the actual in this novel as well, yeah. where effectively he, you know, he was the. I think uh, I, I believe I got this right. Wasn't he the 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 child from his father and mother, but they were brother and sister, so effectively part Some, of an something like in, that. incestuous relationship. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so basically, so in effect, he was the son of the chieftain of that particular tribe, mm. uh, and obviously, like. It would be expected, you know. He he rose through the ranks. Uh, he obviously looked very different to the rest of them because obviously they're all, mm. you know, without judging them, you know, smelly, dirty <laughs> tribes people, you know, that don't generally, mm. you know, care about the way they look. Uh, obviously, they have got piercings of teeth mm. and and all these sort of other other things. Whereas obviously Sigvald, you know, did stand out quite a bit to them. And I think the bit that uh, it, it, that always takes me back is then. You know, he got so involved into the killing of his enemies, he started basically becoming a cannibal, didn't he? Really, mm. he sort of just started mm. literally eating the, you know, <laughs> eating the flesh of his victims, <laughs> which even to the tribes people and you know, obviously his own father, mm. you know, repulsed him. <laughs> you yeah. know, effectively, like mm, this is getting a bit weird. <laughs> and then it obviously ended up getting uh, kicked out, and then obviously it went on to the path of uh, of chaos. Right. Okay. So. That's a little backstory about where we are with Sigvald, and so we'll actually get stuck into the novel. Um, right, so what mm. I'll do is I'll just quickly read the back of the book, just give you a bit of context. Prince Sigvald the Magnificent has struck a pact with his Slaneshi masters that bestows incredible power and beauty, but drives him to even greater acts of hedonism. 
Despite his preeminence, the champion of chaos is tricked into another a possible war with the promise of a powerful artifact to slake his dark desires. After centuries of debauchery, Sigvald rouses his army and leads him to battle against the legions of the blood god Horn. Obsessed with the brass skull, the object of his misguided yearnings, Sigvald is unaware his enemies are closing in around him. In a hellish quest that drives him across the twisted landscape of the chaos wastes and culminates in an epic confrontation, he realises that the lures of Sanesh can never be stated. Sorry, sated. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's basically it. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so before we get into it, what's your, what was your sort of initial you know, take on the book in general? Um, I I enjoyed it honestly. It it's interesting because it has fairly serious like content, but it felt kind of lighthearted comparatively. Mm. Like there, there's mm. no there's no world ending catastrophe going on or anything. Like the the summary of this book could be boiled down to Sigvold's sugar daddy is tired of him sitting around not doing anything interesting. So he's concoct- <laughs> yeah. he's concocted several plans to stir Sigvold up and get him to go do something. And then Sigvold goes and does something and everyone is unhappy. Um, yeah. <laughs> no one, no one likes it when Sigvold actually remembers he should be doing things as a chaos warlord. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, That's a good show. I yeah, like the sugar it, comment. Mm, yeah. Mm, That's so I mean, true. what it is. Yeah. But it, it's yeah. not super high stakes. There are moments of comedy. Uh, like I, I remember mm. you saying at some point in the last couple of weeks, you actually laughed out loud at a few bits. Yeah. Uh, just randomly. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it's nice in, in that it's light in that way while it's still got this good, serious, quite dark at times tone. Um, mm. And it's got lots of interesting characters. I quite enjoyed it. Um, I would suggest reading it, but I mean, you're listening to this, so that's good enough, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's actually a good summary, actually, because I and I think it's quite. I mean, whether it's deliberate or not, that's quite uh, in keeping with Sinesh, Actually, sort of, it's mm. the you know there is that pain pleasure thing in the sense that you've got moments of pleasure where it's just like I said, as a reader, you actually will laugh at this at times in a mm. in a dark humour kind of way, obviously, <laughs> and yeah. and. Uh, and, and the fact that, but then there are some very dark moments in this, uh, you know, mm. which, you know, sort of come out of nowhere. I mean, obviously, I mean, this novel's written by Darius Hinks. Obviously, he's quite yes. an experienced writer now for the Black Library, and it and it, it does show at times. I mean, when it, <clears throat> for example, when it comes to the laughing side of things, there's this moment where um, where he's with the doctor. Is it Dr. Yes. Schoenemann or something like that? Schleeman, I believe. Yeah. 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 So basically the doctor is obviously, like a lot of his henchmen, effectively people that he's either captured or have just inadvertently come his way. And, and obviously he's promised them, you know, they like, yeah, you know, if you do, mm. if you do your best by me, I'll let you do what you want to crack on with. And obviously the doctor, you know, is obviously knowledgeable and experiments on things. And basically like they're they're i think they're talking on like a balcony looking at that mm. looking out into the snow because that's basically the sort of the weather that's by the palace at that time and and in mm. general and i love the fact that they're there talking and obviously sigvald basically notices how old the doctor's looking um mm. how, what age mm. he is i don't know but you know he's looking you know wrinkly mm. uh very anti what sigvald wants and you know, he just pushes him up, pushes him off the balcony and kills yeah. him. Just literally <laughs> just push it like without, like just, I laughed out loud. I know I shouldn't, mm, it's terrible. Mm. It's not a good thing, but I just, yeah. it caught me so unaware. You know, I just mm, wasn't expecting yeah. that, you know, this is one of his like, sort of key people that he speaks to and, and, mm. and gets knowledge from. He just shoves mm. him off the Yeah, the like, I mean, that, that's what Sigvald does. Cause you know, like, 
prior to that, during that conversation, he's like looking out over the landscape and weeping at how beautiful the night sky is and stuff. Mm. And it's, it's that whiplash of like emotional disconnect where he's like enjoying, like, because Slanesh is like excess in all things. It's like, he's enjoying mm-hmm. to its fullest, this beautiful natural vista. And that's a wonderful thing to do. Everyone should do it. And then he juxtaposes like excess and all things. Also, I'm going to murder someone right now. Just going to throw <laughs> this old man off a balcony and let him die in the snow, like a hundred feet below. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's, yeah. Cr- it's crazy. Uh, the sort of the levels of his emotion as well, because and that's a key thing to actually touch upon. That it's all the way through the novel, his emotion swings massively between mm. you know highest mm. highs, lowest lows, and obviously everything in between. But it's almost like there's times where he's either almost not paying attention or he's mm. dwelling on things. You know, like, it's almost like he sometimes snaps into things, you know, like he almost like mm. he'll do something, get a high from it, then get, have immediate regret, and then someone will say something and he's then back to normal. Like, it's very mm. sort of, you know, it, he's literally bobbing all over the place, you know, which is, <laughs> which is obviously as a reader, you're trying to, which mm. is quite disconcerting because you're trying to, you know, gauge his emotional... Uh, yeah, thoughts at yeah. that time, but they're literally, there is no way to keep track of them. <laughs> mm. Um, but whatever he feels, he feels in the sense that there is no real, like nothing is minor. Everything, mm. if you're going to feel mm. something, you feel it to its, to its core. Like I said, it could be as simple as looking at how beautiful a tree is, which, you know, is a yeah. lovely thing to see. But to him, mm. it's pleasure to a whole mm. different, you know, level. Um, but obviously that ties into his boredom as well, which is obviously the, the you know the underlying issue in in the part of the story and like you said mm. when it comes to his sugar daddy who is uh bellas <laughs> pule a, <Yes>. uh, <laughs> a a a demon that uh is again quite uh, you know quite um i don't know how to really describe him he's quite he's quite unnerving in his own way as yeah. well so yeah the way the way he's sort of portrayed in this novel that he's he's a andronin just uh uh, demon of like with a like a shaved head, a couple of little horns, mm. wearing very basic clothes, yeah. uh, and generally holding a lily and smelling a lily in his hands. Mm. Um, mm. But just to add to the, the you know, that how how uh, odd this novel can be at times is he's got like this little Spider Man, you know, literally yeah. not, not, not Marvel <laughs> Spider Man, but like a Spider Man <laughs> creature who's a mm. scribe who's got yeah. like a big ear. And for a face, like for it, a face. it doesn't have a face. Like the ear hole is the middle of his face. It's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's where this, like I said, this novel gets really dark at times. Mm. And obviously, it, it's it, it almost feels very self-contained in that sense. That everything, like mm. you said, like really the bigger picture of the old world is pretty irrelevant at that time. It's this very self-contained mm. Sigvald mm. and his cronies dealing with you know obviously in what turns out to be a lord of corn but then obviously all his own mm, you know mm. issues as well at the same time but going back to Bellas Pule I I love the way he was put across like I love the fact oh, yeah. that whenever when they come together so or when anyone you know comes across Bellas Pule he's literally talking in the third person isn't he yeah he's literally yeah He's telling the scribe what he's actually. So rather than you going, well, what's what's all this about? And you answer, and he's like saying, "Well, the 
the you know the amazing demon uh, at this point <laughs> realized that his poor you know his poor uh, <laughs> servant was uh, you know blah 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 he's actually you know he said rather than answering mm. he's actually saying it like a story to the yeah, the weird yeah. big eared spider-man scribe next to him <laughs> yeah yeah i loved that so much because the second we met him and he started talking about that i went oh my god this book cannot be trusted because this book is entirely written by bellis pool pool narrating it because <laughs> yeah. like, it's like because it's um it's three storylines really because it's sigvold uh mm. it's baron gustav schuler who is an old dorfian baron who's come north looking for power to br- take back his lands and it's svala yep. the witch who is the head who is sort of the leader of this Norskan tribe, uh, who are, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, spoilers for the end of the book. Uh, it turns out they're related to Sigvold. Like he was born to the tribe generations yep. back and their tribe is cursed because of that. And they have to go find Sigvold and take him out, uh, in order to get their hunting grounds back and like start prospering again, etc. But these three stories that initially seem really separate. This is another thing I really like about the book. It weaves them all together. Um, sort of begin weaving together quite naturally. Um, and then you go, and like the the thing at the end of the book is Bellas Puel is like, yeah, I set in motion all these different things to get Sigvold <laughs> to just fucking do something. And uh, <laughs> hey, guess what? Uh, Baron Schuler was the one that worked. Congratulations, Baron. Good job. Uh, Svala the Witch. I'm sorry, I cursed your land for generations just to get this petulant child to do something. Uh, but you know, whatever. Um, and like it, it is that idea that each of these three storylines are under the control under the control of this demon both literally because he's narrating it and figuratively because like that's the the meta plot of everything is about Sigvold here um <laughs> was so cool um and the only thing that kind of breaks that is there is a spot in Svala's story where uh Bellus Puel apparently can't see what's happening and we still mm-hmm, hear yeah. about that it doesn't just say and then they left the island that Bellus Puel couldn't see um <laughs> 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 but apart from that the book is absolutely 100% written by Bellus Puel just constantly narrating everything going on it's perfect yeah. i love it yeah it's so good yeah but that, that's it and it's no, no funny now go lead on from you saying the word perfect now mm. that one thing that always come across to me when it's talking about Sigvald he came across at times like a wrestler in the sense that <laughs> if you're familiar with wrestling and yeah. obviously the characters I don't mean wrestling mm. as in the physical side I'm talking like no, the, yeah, yeah. you know the the uh, the talking side you know where they're obviously they're giving it bravado they got catchphrases they got theme music that is basically mm. how I saw Sigvald through this whole novel because mm. obviously mm. like he's he's at times and he'll t- sort of take you know take back a, a breath and then just go Ah, it's perfect. You know, it's almost like that's his catchphrase, mm. and like yeah, the yeah. fact that you know he's sort of petulant, <laughs> and the way you know it's, you feel like you're watching a wrestling storyline at times. You know how oh they how they and how like people will deceive him, and then and mm. you know then there's they'll the, fight against this person, and you know so you know if Sigfalds at WrestleMania sometime, it wouldn't surprise me. It's uh, mm. yeah, mm. It, I just thought, I, but I, obviously that's not deliberate, but that's what I was thinking. And if you're Try to imagine how he comes across. That is the best way mm. I find to look yeah. at him. It's yeah, he's he's such a larger than life character. Yeah, at big times. personality. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that's quite a key thing for all the people in this book as well. Is that I feel mm. that most of the characters are so well described and so important that you you know again 
as we see with a lot of novels, sometimes you sort of, you don't really understand a character or they sort of pass them over a bit and you don't really get them. And they, whereas I think mm. I find every character in this, and I know this is an obvious statement, they're all very, very important to the way the storyline yeah. goes. Yeah. That, you know, especially, I, I especially find with, um, sort of Sig Fowl's entourage, because that's basically what he's got. Mm. He's got an entourage mm. of, of, <laughs> of very, eclectic and very odd sort of uh, characters but the key thing to understand with everyone under him is they're there for a reason or they like i said earlier they're there because they've come across him and like you know he is dark and as vile as he can be at times he's also well, I wouldn't say caring. It's just that mm. I suppose he does have camaraderie with everyone that he's with him. Yeah. Like in the sense yeah. that, like, I'm on this journey to enjoy the hell out of life in his, and, and sample mm. as much excess as I can. Come along on the ride with me. You know, it's almost mm. like he, mm. you know, he is selfish at times, but ultimately he knows he needs people around him as well to do certain things. And yeah. it's almost like if you do your bit, that's cool. You know, then we've got nothing mm, to worry mm. about. As long as you don't get in the way of what I'm trying to do. It's <laughs> almost like, you know, if, if we've got a hunt, you know, it'd be like a tribe. If you've got a hunter pig, we do it as a team. But obviously as leader, I get the biggest share. As long as you don't get in the yeah, way of that, yeah. then we're all good, really. You can crack on mm. and, 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 and do what you want to do. I mean, mm. like, for example, one of his, one of his key characters is, uh, is it Vegan Baroy? I think that's probably yeah. how you would pronounce yeah. it. Um, which is like, I said, like almost like a second in command in, in some mm. sense, really, like a lieutenant under him. He's one of the knights, but he's got basically, hasn't he got like little hooks that, that hook into his skin as part of his armor. Mm. So when he moves mm. in certain ways, it pulls at his skin and obviously he gets the, yeah. the, the pleasure out of that. But he's also like a bit like a surgeon as well. Cause he mm. ends up sort of yeah. operating on people in the dark and obviously all the horrific things you could imagine to that. <laughs> um, mm. I think what was so funny is, is what, en- what how he ends up being the next Spider-Man scribe. Yeah. In the way. I, I love that. So mm. what we were saying earlier about, you know, about Bellis Puel's Spider-Man scribe, because um, obviously at this point in the, you know, the, that or that point in the story, obviously Sigvald's been basically sent to his doom and obviously uh, Viga Broy is mm. obviously unhappy with that. And obviously starts having to go at Bellis Puel and starts having to go at the uh, the scribe, like, yeah, write this down, mm. <laughs> you know, and, and, mm. uh, and then so effectively he then like, well inadvertently sort of sort of kills Vigaboroi but he sort of ends up turning him because obviously Vigaboroi ends up killing mm. the scribe and then Bellspiel turns him into the next scribe and turn, yeah, basically turns him into yeah. like a big ear <laughs> but he's still got like the little hooks as well I yeah, think he says he's still yeah. got the little hooks into his skin it's like it's some real weird parody thing going on here it's it's yeah mm. it's it's interesting now one what did you think of uh is it freydress or freydress his wife yeah now, what, what were your thoughts on her <laughs> um i'm pretty fond of her as like a i would say like shall we say it as a narrative uh narrative symbol of slanesh's influence on the world something like that i don't know it was like mm, yeah yeah so the, the idea is there's this woman and she's so beautiful that if a group of men see her face uncovered they will immediately start arguing with each other and then they'll all gang up and kill one of them. And then they'll keep arguing with each other. Then they'll all gang up and kill another one of them until there's only one of them left. And then they'll try and like marry her. (laughs) 
Like it's <laughs> yeah, basically. It's, it's kind of wacky, like the idea that someone could be that attractive to have that level of influence on a group of people. But like, she is really interesting. I like a kind of I, I kind of like a storyline. I kind of don't um, because mm-hmm. okay. th- there's two aspects to it. First off, she is absolutely 100% the trophy wife. Like, <laughs> yeah, Sigvold, yeah. Sigvold went and killed an entire civilization to get to her and then just mm. went and locked her in a tower with a disembodied head to guard her because he got <laughs> bored of her after yeah. six months of being married. He's like, I've had enough. Yeah. I'll come I'll come visit you every now and then again. You can come out to the big feasts and stuff, but otherwise, I don't want to see you. Uh, I understand everything about you now, whatever. I'm bored. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, like, her, her constant battle is she wants to leave the Gilded Palace. She wants to leave Sigma, uh, Sigvold's house. But there's also that part of her that is absolutely in love with Sigvold. Like, after all, he slaughtered a nation for her. What is that but pure, untarnished love? It's so romantic. Um, <laughs> she's absolutely a Selenity cultist at heart, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so that she's got that pull of she wants to be free, but she also doesn't want to leave Sigvold. And she wants him to, like, acknowledge her and this is the thing about the book. Everything is about Sigvold. Every character's motivations in some way center on Sigvold. In Freydis's case, it's she can't get over Sigvold. In Baron Schuller's case, it's he wants to kill Sigvold to take his place effectively. Uh, Svala <laughs> yeah. wants to kill Sigvold to save her tribe. It's always about Sigvold. Um, this is Bellis Buell's influence, no doubt. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I was a little unhappy with Freydis finally escaping only for Sigvold to see her like in battle because she like put armor on and she got a sword and she, she started wrecking people with a sword and he fell in love with her all over again apparently and she bought that and she's like yeah I actually just wanted someone to break me out so I could go see him because he was ignoring me um which is less, yeah, less happy and I was like uh, I would have liked her to do her own thing but I, mm, I understand yeah. her role in the story yeah mm-hmm yeah, she. That's all. It sounds just a bit petulant in the end that she's like, mm. I just wanted his attention. So yeah, <laughs> and I, the fact she went out and fought and stuff, I wasn't mm. really sold on that as well. Um, I mean, obviously, there's yeah. nothing stopping her fighting, but she doesn't sort of mm. like it felt like just a bit needless. Like she's come out, and whereas I think they could, it could have gone a different direction with her. I mean, mm. obviously, it, it's quite interesting actually, and it obviously how the difference is to especially some of the current novels we read is that the sort of the way she sexualized as well. Mm. Um, you know, cause effectively she's like, like you said, she's so beautiful that men will literally fall in love with her there and then in, in a, basically a mm. trance, but she's bearing, all she's wearing is straps. Effectively. Yeah. She's like some, <laughs> and some, a veil, you know, it's important to wear yeah, a veil. And a veil. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of, yeah. And, and you know, the fact that, cause obviously no, why I say it's quite interesting because obviously it, they off, Black libraries tend to stay away from that side of things. Mm. You know, obviously, it's always a bit, you know, it's always a subject. I mean, it's dealt with very well in this. Like I said, there's no yeah. sort of, yeah. nothing, you know, untoward in that sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's sort of, you know, it feels, I suppose, especially in recent times, reading a lot of AOS stuff, this seems quite mm. different reading this sort of stuff where yeah. you know, it makes reference to what she's wearing and, you know, men falling in love with her mm. and, and sort mm. of basically lusting after her. It seems <laughs> quite, yeah, it just seems quite. What do you mean? Reading. What do you mean? She's not wearing a three-inch thick Sigmarite armor hand yeah, forged exactly. by the gunsmith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Rather than just like a few straps and a, and a veil, it's like some sort of mm. uh, you know king, kinky suit that's uh, been ah. requested. It's but yeah. you know it's it, yeah it, it, no, it's fitting to obviously what the what 
the way she should be. And, and to be fair, you wouldn't expect mm. anything less in, in the context of who we're talking about, but uh, yeah, 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 it's, uh, but no, I mean, going, go, I mean, actually talking about his wife or his wife and, and obviously wives, I think one th- bit that I find absolutely fascinating is that, and you see it multiple times in the novel is the porcelain mm. dolls. So yeah. a couple of his sort of followers and, and army effectively, because they're basically one and the same thing that mm. there's a few, there's a few these these sort of female characters that basically have had their basically their skin flayed off them and had this sort of cracked porcelain armor put you know mm. you know shell put over them so they look like basically look like mannequins but like I said um, but as as dolls and it, what I find fascinating is the fact that later on just drops in that they're his former wives and mm. as soon as they basically receive a single grey hair or a wrinkle, anything that makes them look, you know, <laughs> constitute that they're getting older, uh, he basically does that to them. <laughs> he sort mm. of, you know, mm. they're not his wife anymore, flay their skin yeah. and then effectively by being a porcelain doll, they'll forever look, you know, yeah. youthful yeah. and such like, which is obviously mm. a very key a key thing. Um, <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious in its very dark and, <laughs> and dark way. Yeah. I, yeah. There's, um, I mean, there's a few, there's a, uh, so talking about the sort of the funny things in this, there's some, like I said, some really uh, like just funny things you see, like there's mm. flying chariots that are pulled yes. by, oh. or, well, initially blinded sort of hawks. Or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big, <laughs> big white eagles, I think is what it that's was. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that, that's beautiful. It's so good. Like you got to assault yeah. a you got to assault a corn citadel. That's the only way to approach it. Is this is this f- like four meter wide bridge across a giant chasm of lava and boiling blood? Of course, why not? <laughs> why not bring out the eagle chariots? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's oh. so blasé. Like it's like mm. it's. I think that's what I love about Sigvald and his his, uh, his entourage is the fact that they've always got some sort of answer or something like that mm, there's this mm. willingness to do what he wants like yeah we'll we'll, we'll find a way to assault it yeah let's do some mm. flying chariots pulled by eagles and we'll just with, <laughs> like golden cages on them and, and just mm, drop mm. <laughs> drop sigvald and his knights on top of the you know the the power yeah. and stuff it's just why like, not yeah why not <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it's mm. just, uh. yeah as you do. And, then, and of course, it leads to the great bit because, like, they they fly these chariots over, and then they deliberately crash them, eagles and all. So we then get the great bit of later on Sigvold picking up a dead eagle and going, "Fly, damn you!" and just throwing it into the air. <laughs> yeah, I want to see a beautiful bird in flight. Fly, fly, and it just flops dead in his hand. Yeah. Like, oh, this didn't go how I yeah. thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, and I think it's a nice contrast to what we see when it comes to the tribe side, because to be honest, the tribe side, what you're saying about Savala, the witch, and obviously the curse upon them. And obviously, you know, she, she's dealing with the, uh, the shame, the shaman that's part of their tribe. Who's obviously, you know, effectively been out to get her because obviously she's assumed power of the tribe since her husband, the mm. chieftain was killed. Obviously her son, uh, hates her because she sort of blames her for the death of, the, of his father. Um, and obviously, She's seeing visions, which now leads her to, you know, effectively leads her to Sigvald. Actually, talking mm. the visions, I, I, I think again when it comes to these dark moments, the the mud, the mud dolls with that oh, um, yes. Ursula is one of the most creepiest things you'll ever, ever oh. sort of read. So effectively, so she's 
she's speaking to another, you know, the older witch in the in the tribe called Ursula. Great name. It's like it's out of Disney. And mm. the um, <laughs> basically, she's created these mud dolls to obviously look like certain characters in the connected mm. to the tribe obviously like the shaman for example and basically what she's been doing is any anywhere that she can get hold of some hair of them their their teeth their nails fingernails anything like any piece of them she mm. then starts like literally put it on the dolls and obviously the more she gets of a person the, the stronger mm. connection she can have with this person and effectively she can make them these mud dolls come to life and they basically reveal the memories of the of the you know, the person who it's supposed mm. to be based on or their ancestors. It's really, really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um but really good as well, you know. But but no, so going back to the tribe, I, I, I think what why I like the difference between the tribe and obviously what we're talking about when it comes to Sigvald is it's almost like the, the tribe side is quite serious. In you know, as in it's quite I don't want to say run of the mill because that's a bit harsh on it, but you know it, it it plays as you would imagine it really. You know they're they're a tribe that you know like you would imagine with they they fight each other if needed. They'll you know it's all about showing power and not showing weakness. Um, mm. You know and obviously you know and you know they're fighting for Savala and you know that's quite as you would imagine it compared to the the circus that is Sigvald and, and, his, <laughs> and his friends, you know, because that's effectively what it is. You've got these two parallels, one that's quite serious and one that is serious, and but also in a mm. dark way. It's a dark serious, but then a, then it can be a dark humour as well. <laughs> and I, I like mm. the fact the, the book basically, give or take, bounces between the two. Did you sort of, you know, find that was the way it went? Yeah, yeah, it was good. As soon as I was, like, settling pretty deeply into one perspective it jumped over to another one so it's like as soon as soon as i began going oh, this is pretty good but i wonder what x is up to we jumped over and saw what x was up to it was pretty good mm. uh, <laughs> it kept it kept yeah. it flowing well because it's actually a decently long book as well mm. like it's not yeah. short uh but i managed yeah. to read it i think in about six hours overall so okay it, yeah it, it, it let me keep up the pace by keeping me interested in these multiple storylines and of, of course as they begin to converge things flow together a lot more easily and you sort of get those aha moments which are always fun and rewarding but like you know <laughs> yeah. I, I started out as like yeah here's this guy going through the chaos wastes and he finds sigvold's mansion cool great and then we cut over to like the tribes folk crept through the grass and like, what does it have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you see, <laughs> yeah. you see what it has to do with everything eventually. But like, yeah, it's interesting. And um, you know, it let him cover a little more ground. I actually really liked the the cultural stuff with the uh, the Norsekin mm -hmm. tribes, the fallen. Yeah, like the the idea of you know, if you want to make sure someone survives a raid, you have to stay up all night protecting this brazier that has a flame lit. And if you let the flame mm -hmm. go out and they die, you killed them. That was your fault. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it yeah. had a lot of yeah. interesting little bits like that. Yeah, because it, cause it, there is almost, even though we're sort of covering bits and bobs here, it, it, there is a lot to take in at times. And I think, mm. and I'm, I imagine that's probably why it was written the way it was in the sense that you're going from, you know, the, 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 the sort of the tribe side to Sigvald and, and Jeremy backwards and forwards. And I think in a way it's mm. probably to balance it because ultimately if you're reading purely the Sigvald stuff, it would be a bit 
almost a bit too much at times. You, I think yeah. I feel like you yeah. need you need a bit of normality, even if it's just tribes people killing each other or whatever. Mm. You know, just something like you know something that you would expect. And then let's go back to the madness of Sigvald. You know, and and all the weird things that he's getting up to. And then like, all right, we'll go back to you know, because I think again, if it was all Sigvald and and his uh, his uh, decadent host, which is obviously the name of his mm. his followers and army, then it would just be. I know it would. You know, it would be pure chaos. Literally, it would just be. You know, it'd be so crazy. You wouldn't. You, I think, you would lose in an ironic way. You'd probably lose track of things and lose your mind a bit compared yeah. to it. Whereas, I think you yeah. need that sort of normality. Uh, you know, to to again to run parallel with it. Otherwise, yeah, it would be a mm. bit much. But uh, yeah, I, I like I said, I, I don't. I I think what I liked about this book is I like the fact that there's nothing really boring even like i said the what yeah. say, run of the mill yeah. the tribe stuff it's still interesting it's still like when they're dealing with that demon on the island there's like they mm. you know they so they've been they've been they've been traveling across the sea obviously to get to to zigvald and go to the chaos weights um they then come across an island and then there's a sort of scouting it out they come across this sort of old seaman that's like mm. literally <laughs> just sort of doesn't has got dealing with uh you know memory loss and doesn't know where he is and then mm he starts talking to him like, Oh, I, I think I know this place. And, and then he, then he disappears and they're like, Oh, he's just some crazy old man, but he's like, you know, covered in like barnacles and, uh, you know, he's like, mm. he's like something out of, um, pirates of the Caribbean. Like he's part of, uh, the uh, what's it the uh, the great what's it the, the Dutchman and it's yeah, like, like that yeah. and and then and then he comes back and then he suddenly remembered where he is and and ultimately turns out to be a big demon <laughs> effectively mm, mm. as soon as they take the which obviously explains the uh what you said earlier about bellus Puel not knowing what happened on this island because effectively there's this sort of silver brace or anklet mm, sort of thing mm. which gets taken off the old man which then it turns him into a demon and obviously they fight him and flee and then obviously then that ends up sort of coming full circle like you said where they place yeah. it on bellus Puel to basically you know deal with mm. him <laughs> so to speak but yeah, I said I felt like every nothing felt wasted. Even though I like said it's quite a long, longish novel, no, I didn't mm. feel like anything was just filler. You know, I felt like everything. Like, no, no, this is ticking things along quite nicely. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, is there any any other sort of standout moments or bits of mm. things that you think were quite interesting? Um, I kind of like. Um, again, I keep I keep coming back to this, but everything's about Sigvald, but. Mm-hmm. Even when it's not actually about Sigvold, it kind of is because uh, the 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 sort of the ending of the book is um, <clears throat> Baron Schuler abducts Freydis, Sigvold's wife, because that's been his motivation. As soon as he met her, he was like, "I've got to get rid of Sigvold and marry this woman." Um, and so he's abducted her and he's racing back off to Altdorf with her. Um, and Sigvold goes, "Oh, he was lying to me the whole time. What a genius! What a brilliant man!" And we go and we look at what. Shuler's up to and he's completely out of his mind. He has no idea what he's doing. Uh, but because Sigvold thinks everything's about him, he's like, yeah, Shuler conspired against me. He lied to me. He did all these things and did this massive intricate plot just for me. And like, no, Sigvold, you're, you're, you're thinking you're too important in here. He saw you in the way and he did a very simple scheme of trying to get you out of the way. And when that didn't work, he nicked your wife and ran off on a horse. <laughs> Like, I love the, I love the oh. fact he loves that as well. I love the mm. fact that when he gets told, like, do you know, you know, the Baron completely, you know, completely mm. done you there. He was, yeah, you know, he, he led, led you off to to fight a war you didn't really need to get involved in, 
and now your wife's been kidnapped. And he's like, you know, obviously <laughs> you'd be furious. Whereas he's like, ah, the mm. Baron Shula, the devil. Oh, I knew he had potential. <laughs> oh, I knew I saw something in. Oh, you like, yeah. like, just like you know, yeah. rasping him on the on the cheek. Like, oh, mm. you. Mm. And then obviously uses that to go to invade Altdorf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that's again that that is the lighter tone of the book, like in any other Warhammer fantasy book, be like, you stole my wife. I'm going to track you down and kill you. And Sigvall's like, you're so fun. I love you. Let's go hang <laughs> yeah. out some more in Altdorf. We'll yeah. see what you're- <laughs> He's like, if, if everyone in Altdorf is like Shula, I have to be there. They'd all be so interesting. I'm like, yeah. I guess that, I guess that's a good motivation to invade the empire. I guess. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm. And like you said, that's a good point. It, it's actually, I think as a whole, as a novel, it's very, mm. I know, again, it's a very obvious statement, but it's very character driven. I, mm. you're not going to really learn about the greater picture, like we said earlier, but you're not even, even the, even the land, you get references to the chaos waste you get references to altdorf but mm. you don't i don't i never felt like i felt like the geography was m- pretty irrelevant apart from the obviously yeah. the aesthetics and but i felt like where you are was pretty irrelevant you know like in other novels mm. like we went to this mm. city went to the city of you know so and so and then they had this here you know like the way it has yeah. relevance whereas pretty much where they were like it's a forest you know they're in a they're in a bit mm. they're in a snow-covered forest so you know like it doesn't like it has context to the story but it doesn't mean anything mm. in the grander picture it's yeah. sort of that, you know in that sense which again is fine and that's why like i said the characters really do drive this novel whereas i find other novels sometimes almost the characters mm. not take second place but you know you're almost learning about the gal you know in 40k the galaxy as a whole or in the more yeah. realms where you're learning about how they interact with each other and then the characters show whereas this is definitely more character mm. focused mm. i would say Oh, yeah. um, it which makes it even more interesting and <laughs> yeah i i'm trying to think if there's anything else that uh, i find interesting really i mean there's the, there's the the tasks that he gets set by bellish pure because obviously there's that point mm. in the in the novel where obviously he's wanting further help from bellish pure uh to do what he wants to do because effectively he, even though really it's not irrelevant. Obviously, the point of what he's trying to do, he's he's trying to get the this powerful artifact, which is the brass skull of of mm. Maud Huck. Maud Huck is the the local <laughs> corn lord <laughs> that he's uh, that's invading his lands, etc. Mm. And mm. the fact that you know he's obviously going back to his to his patron to you know seek further power. And obviously, part of the humour is he sends him off on to kill a dragon. Mm. And uh, and obviously, the task he's there to kill like this sort of. Spirit. Well, he's sort of. I don't suppose he's a spirit in the mm. forest, but he's can his soul's connected to the into the trees, and obviously he starts. You start burning the trees. Mm. You start burning his soul. So you've got some quite nice little, interesting, you know, segmented little tasks that he goes off on. The, I mean, do, I, actually, the dragon thing I thought was actually quite interesting because he basically fights a, a zinch dragon mm. that has two heads, but actually it turns yes. out it's one head split in half, which. <laughs> That's cool. Mm, and yeah. the fact that, like, one head, ha- like, sort of often feels shame and remorse from previous yeah, life. And yeah. it's sort of, it, and basically, if you play this music box, it'll, it'll start sort of, you know, it'll mm. bring up all these emotions. It ends up, the two heads end up fighting each other and it can end up, you know, sort of killing itself, which is, mm. yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I love stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's mm. nice. So yeah. um yeah like I said was any any other things you wanted to say um uh, it's pretty much it cuz like I don't want to go into every little detail cuz there's so no, many of not. but like yeah, yeah it is really really good um I think my last thing is I like 
you, you said it's fairly like self-contained and I agree, but I also like how there are certain things that are left open for a sequel. For example, Shula and yeah. Freitas and Sigwald following after them. But my favorite little thread that's not fully closed off is Bellispule and Svala because yeah. Bellispule cursed Svala's whole tribe for generations just to get them to go look for Sigwald and get him to do something. And he says, oh, right, I'll lift that curse if you just pledge your soul to me. Uh, and the way we do this is by giving an important item of jewellery to the demon. Mm-hmm. And Svala's about to hand over her wedding rings uh, when Ursula's behind her is like, don't you have something far more valuable? And that little silver Wink. chain, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that little <laughs> silver jewellery chain from the island with the demon seaman guy, um, where Bellis Pule supposedly cannot see, uh, is sort of brought up and she goes, yes, I've been guarding this for centuries as part of my family line or whatever. And Bellis Pule goes to put it on, and just before he put his, puts it on, he gives her a bit of a coy smile, and it doesn't say whether or not he closes it. And I want yeah. to know what happened there so yeah. badly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh. that was very well written. Yeah, mm. I agree with that. It's uh, yeah, I, I, I think you'll. I think if anyone's interested in reading it, it's that you will definitely glean some very interesting things from mm. that. And I, I think that. You know what you just said is a is a perfect example of that. But you know, going back to to Ziegfeld mm. and and the, I think the way some of the things are described. I mean, if you're, like I said, if you're a big fan of weird sort of weirdly described things, you know, almost like you know, but not sort of bordering on horror mm. um, sort of thing. I I think you'll appreciate it. Like like there's a room that's full of like these lizards mm. that like use their rib cages to make noises. And it's sort of yeah, like, it becomes like this yeah. old school uh. gramophone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's you know, so it's, weird. <laughs> it, it's so weird. But if that, you know, if you're, if you like enjoy reading that stuff, you'll particularly you know, enjoy this. Obviously you get, um, there's actually one thing I would say actually that I found, and I'll probably use this as my last point is that at times it didn't feel like a Warhammer novel in the sense that mm. it seems to be like its own, when I say it's self-contained is in like, like there's where, where there's quite obvious stuff. It's barely referenced. Like at times who are clearly demonettes are barely mm. ever said to be demonettes. It's almost like yeah. you, you feel like you're re- you potentially could be reading a novel that's not actually anything to do with Warhammer. It just happens that you may get the old reference to, oh, yes, and they're a follower of Sinesh. Like, oh, Sinesh, Warhammer. Like, like mm. it's almost like this could fit into an- another universe. It's a bit yeah. like what, you know, not that anyone, you know, anyone really listening would probably understand because I they haven't read it. But like <laughs> I said, that, you know, earlier on, the that uh, novel that has been given to me by Daniel Summerbell, mm. where he's written basically a novel that's obviously based on Games Workshop on obviously AOS, but doesn't really refer mm. to AOS. It's a bit like that where it's sort you feel like, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you know, it's not, you're not, yeah, you, you know, you have reference to Altdorf, but you don't really, Altdorf could be anything, you know, as such, it yeah. doesn't really have any yeah. context in the sense of this. Obviously, if you know where Altdorf is and what's there, then it may do, but it's almost like, I don't say generic fantasy novel because that's not, Mm. that's a bit disrespectful to it because that's not what it is. But I find at times it was a bit like, you know, whereas if you were reading like almost like the AOS version of this novel, like, ah, the, you know, they're the demonettes and, you know, Mm. do you you understand what I'm saying? It feels like that they were at times, you know, that it doesn't really matter. Like this could be in Mm. in another Mm. universe, another fantasy universe. It just, it's almost like, which is actually in a way a good thing because it's all focusing on, what's mm. happening as opposed to trying to say 
what else mm. is happening. Because sometimes mm. some novels suffer because they're quite law, they have quite big law implications. It's almost like they yeah. have to drop yeah. certain words and drop certain things to go, ah, oh, yes, it's in reference to that. Whereas this doesn't really. It's sort of, you can almost, you could, you know, I think if you're not really ha- into Warhammer Fantasy or you may not have much knowledge of it, this is a, a key book where that really doesn't matter because it doesn't really, like I said, it has very little impact, I think, anyway, to the sort of the greater world at the mm. time. You know, you just yeah. learn about a very interesting character, very perplexing mm. character at times in the, fa- you know, in, th- in the form of Sigvald, and you've got, you know, and these very, <laughs> very interesting side characters as well. But, you know, again, that was just my mm. sort of thoughts on it anyway. So Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense to me. It is... Like you said, it's focused. It doesn't deal with stuff it doesn't actually have to deal with in the course of the story, which I think is like good. Yeah, it keeps it shorter. Uh, I can only imagine how long it would be if Baron Schuller had to say, "Oh, Sigvald, the Empire is this, 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 and this, and this" for like five yeah, pages. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, oh, I think it's good. I, 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 I wholeheartedly, you know, would say for people to pick this up if it sounds of interest. I know we obviously mm. we've would have inadvertently spoiled things, but there's still a lot in there. That, you know, because again, it's one of those books where you could mm. deep dive into a lot of little amusing scenes, but then you might as well just yeah. read the book <laughs> if you're going to do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so no, definitely try and pick <laughs> it up if you can. Like I said, it, it is on the Black Library website. You can de- always pick it up as the you know the uh, digital version. And like I said, you may be lucky enough, like I was, to mm. get hold of the paperback as well. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I think we're uh, we've been busy talking about perfection so uh, <laughs> i think we need to go and have a perfect break <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll say we're <laughs> so we'll have our last little break uh, and then when we return we're going to talk about our favorite 40k law topic well not topics facts yes facts that's what they are <laughs> back soon <laughs> and we're just about back for the final segment mm. of the show i said i'm feeling rough cameron's feeling hot mm. the mm. wine's getting to him uh. so we'll <laughs> we'll uh ra- nicely wrap up this show with a little chat about our favorite or some a couple of our favorite 40k facts obviously there's a lot mm. out there and i i think I, I thought of this the other day because I remember you saying when we last recorded about something you read. I think it was actually, it was when we were talking about the Space Marine Codex and you were talking about mm. the Salamanders and the fact they don't have any successors. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that. And mm. Mm. it was just all like, yeah, is there any, you know, a couple of things that we could sort of put for us? Oh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> and, mm. you know, insert mm. fact. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll just have a brief chat about that and then wrap up the show. So, uh, so Cameron, mm. hit me with a 40K fact. Okay, uh, so you know the most iconic Space Marine vehicle is clearly the Land Raider. Uh, mm. Raise your hand, people in the class, if you know whom, not what, the Land Raider is named after. Three, two, one, I do- or... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I do, isn't it? Like the... I think it's something to do with like a play on the word Raider. Like they're, they were a Raider in... Uh, it's something to do with their name. Um, so I can, yeah i knew something about it but i can't remember <laughs> <laughs> uh so th- th- this is in universe uh raider is obviously just a, a vehicle classification it's what it does the vehicle raids uh but it mm-hmm. is the land raider not because it is an all-terrain vehicle but it is because it was discovered the stc for it was discovered by a mechanicus adept named arcan land that's it uh, that's yeah it. yeah um 
which I mean, Land Raider as an all-terrain vehicle name makes a lot of sense, but then you you start reading some of the Horus Heresy stuff. It's like, oh no, this is a this is a dude. <laughs> it's named after a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's quite apt actually, because obviously, like I said, Land Raider makes a lot of sense for obviously what the vehicle does on the battlefield. It you know it raids along the land. Mm. It's you know it's an all-terrain vehicle, so to speak, and it makes sense. But yeah, guess what? It's actually by Mr. Land. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love the fact it's the STC as well. It's like, I like the fact yeah, it's not just yeah. they created it. It's like, oh, no, we come across it. It's, it's from years and years prior in an <laughs> STC. I like that. That is a cool fact. Mm. That is, that, yeah, that's something to impress rad. people at the, uh, at the pub mm. quiz. <laughs> mm. <laughs> or down at the club. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you know that <laughs> there's a reference to... Nikola Tesla in 40k. Really? Or a, a par- it- yeah. Now this Ooh. is out of the I think this is out of the 7th edition Skatari book that basically there's reference in it to what's mm. known as the uh, a relic in the relic yes. section known as mm. the skull of Elder Nicholas that basically oh. it used to belong right this is the thing it used to belong to a, yeah. an ancient human years ago and mm. should the correct praise psalm be sung to it, the skull will emit a halo of electric power that expands outwards, scrambling the circuits of enemy war machines. Oh, my so God. It's, basically like an, it's like a little AMP. But, oh, uh, I love like, that so much. And the, fa- and the fact it's the skull of Elder <laughs> Nicholas, and that's definitely yeah. a reference to Nikola Tesla. I think oh, that's my God. Awesome. That's, yeah. That is fantastic. I love that. I didn't know that one. Hey, you got yeah. me. There yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so random but so cool as well i love it mm. i love mm. when they do stuff like that <laughs> yeah oh that's a fun one i like yeah. that I'm gonna, have to start, I'm gonna have to start looking for that kind of stuff in codexes now <laughs> yeah yeah i come across it i i mean i i haven't got the codex but i come across that's where i you know where it makes reference to it i found i found it mm. elsewhere but yeah it's such a yeah, yeah. i remember hearing it ages ago and i was thinking what that doesn't make any sense and then yeah <laughs> There it is, mm, yeah, <laughs> under the go. Imperial Relic section. <laughs> cool, mm, have you got uh, another fact for me at all? Uh, yeah, so um, so Katachan's a pretty rough place to live. Uh, it's mm-hmm. got the Katachan Devil, which is an enormous centipede the size of an airplane, you know, that runs around killing and eating everything. It has Katachan men and women, you know, muscly Arnold Schwarzenegger types who live there for fun and profit. <laughs> uh, but did you know that the most notorious and dangerous creature from Katachan is a toad the size of your hand. Oh. Um, it is, is it from Australia? Kat- uh, no, God, I'm... <laughs> it, look, this one creature I'm glad is not actually from Australia. Uh, it is the... <laughs> It is the Katachan Barking Toad, uh, and it oh. has evolved a very interesting self-defense mechanism, which is when startled, it emits a poisonous gas so toxic and so widespread that everything within a mile dies, including the toad. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to take you out with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, I, I like that one personally because um, I play Monster Hunter World, and there mm-hmm. are little toads in that game where if you startle them by kicking them or running over them, they emit a paralytic gas or just yes, explode in some cases. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that that is my favorite little... It's like that, but times a million, which is, you could say, for any 40K thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, very appropriate. <laughs> mm, mm. Cool. Okay. Okay, well, I'll hit you my other fact, which is slightly a bit more, uh, got a bit more to it. So, are you familiar mm. with the Orc Tusker Demon Killer? Yes, I'm a big fan. I love right. Tusker. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, 
if you're not if you're not familiar with Tasker, Tasker was basically uh, a obviously an orc warlord uh, many mm. years ago, and basically he was you know in his flagship, he was going along, and then obviously got attacked you know, by warp entity, got invaded by demons. Mm, mm. So obviously he got his power core, run run along and took the demons out. You know, he went against the head demon, killed it. You know, here mm. you go. Look at my trophy. And so obviously <clears throat> he got a taste for basically killing demons at this point. So he's like, right, yeah. stop what you're doing. Got his, gathered around all his weird boys and say, right, I want you to basically bypass the defense of Cadia. Uh, we're going to go into the Eye of Terror, obviously at that time, because obviously this is years ago, obviously pre-Great mm. Rift. Mm. And basically, <laughs> you know, we're going to go in and we're going to crump up some demons. That's basically yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah. That's what, and so inadvertently, obviously imagine you're in, the, you're in the warp, there's lots of demon worlds, they end up on this sort of cornate uh, basically, flesh planet, but it's got mm. it's got a, it had a mighty demon pre- prince on it, and you know took it to the demon pre- prince, uh, and basically, you know, as you can imagine, both sides took lots of casualties. I mean, Tusk at this mm. point and had mm. quite a few bad wounds, um, yeah. you know, etc. etc. And so basically, as you know, before the the demon prince was about to take him out, the weird boys got involved, distracted him, and he basically, mm. you know, basically impaled the the uh, the demon prince using his power claw, and then. Mm. Obviously, the this then unfortunately led to the the rest of the orcs getting you know basically wiped out because obviously you know the demons took offence to this because of their prince mm. had been killed <laughs> and then <laughs> at this point but what this is the really cool bit at this point because that just sounds pretty you know pretty normal in some some way but then what happened is that at this point Corn was so impressed with Tusker and his orcs that he basically mm. has now created this like al- almost infinite loop. <laughs> basically so these orcs will you know mm. basically kill the fight the demons on this planet in the well it's basically in yeah. the realm of chaos now and basically they'll fight the demons then obviously the demons will kill the orcs then obviously the orcs let out their mm. normal fungal spores which then creates more orcs and then it yeah. happens the same and it's literally caught in an infinite <laughs> loop of fighting and destruction demons versus orcs and obviously mm. tusker you know was uh you know, basically, it's basically a fight that never stops. It's, yeah, he, yeah, it's exactly know, what I, he wants. <laughs> I think that's so cool because it sort of epitomizes mm. corn and it epitomizes orcs at the same time. Like while everything else is going on, you know, it, it mm. makes sense because obviously, you know, this is the two the, the things that both those sides care about is fighting in in their own, you know, for obviously their own different reasons. And I love the fact mm. that all this other crap is going on in the universe and the galaxy, <laughs> and they're just like, we don't care. It's like we've just got this mm. this daily training session of just killing yeah. each other over and over again. Res- you know, more orcs come back, more demons come back, have it out again, and it just infinitely carries on. I love that. that is, again, mm. so forty k as well. <laughs> it's ah, pretty awesome. It yeah. is very cool indeed. Uh, so yeah, so that's a, a couple of facts to hit you with. I mean, obviously, there's many more out there, and we could probably do a whole episode mm. on oh, yeah. the amount of random facts. Oh, we there. could. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, hope you know you've probably. Le- I, I I would I hope that at least one of those facts is something you've not heard before. If you've mm. heard of all those, then you're very well educated in 40k and oh, fair play. You to are. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Okay. Well, I think we'll wrap the show up there. Like I said before, we both collapse for different reasons. <laughs> and obviously we recorded yesterday our uh, Warhammer mm. Waffle, like I mentioned mm. earlier in the show. So look out for that. Like I said, it's either out or will be out, depending on when you hear this. And mm. uh, also, uh, where can people find you on the internet, Cameron? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K, uh, where you can hear me grousing about my awful evil government and posting photos of my cat recharging because she sits on top of my charger and it looks like nice. she's getting her batteries refilled. I love her. Nice. She's wonderful. That, that is the future. <laughs> Battery yeah. filled oh, yeah. cats. <laughs> Electric powered cat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't say it so. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Well, you can also find me on Twitter at NinjaBadger7. You can find our podcast on there as well at Realm and Ruin. Uh, come come along, see what we're up to. Yeah. And you know, chat to us. We're always there willing to chat as well. Mm. So I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode, episode 39. I so said we've got the big four zero next time. And mm. uh, for a bit of context, I think we've got, I think after this one, four more episodes i think for this year uh, i think i don't want to say four might yeah it might be because we've got thunder warriors is next episode then yes. we have aussie arcs yeah and then, then the we great have work. great work and then we have our 2019 wrap-up yeah, four, so, yeah four, four, more. So, four more after this one so basically right. i mean I'll, I'll repeat this obviously nearer the time but yeah effectively like you just said we got obviously after this episode right now we've got four more and obviously the mm. last one will be our sort of 2019 wrap-up and summary of the mm. year and then basically we're going to take about a, th- a three-week break over christmas and, yeah and new year and then <laughs> gonna need it <laughs> yeah exactly and then obviously uh decide in between what we're gonna obviously start kick the uh 2020 off with as well which is all very exciting so yeah plenty of stuff to come and obviously mm. plenty of more news to come in the meantime as well and obviously stuff to spend our hard-earned pounds and bucks and other denominations on uh, grey mm. plastic and <laughs> maybe resin <laughs> cool well i hope you've enjoyed this episode as always thank you very much for listening thank you very much for supporting us and we'll mm-hmm. catch you on the next one bye Ta-ra.